Yeah. So I got my bow tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. It is the Kid XAB. It's your man, Distinguished the Guy. What's up? What's up, young world? So uh, how have you been, Broski? I feel like, I mean, I just saw you Thursday, but it feels like I haven't <laughs> seen you in a minute. Oh, yeah, I'm good, brother. Um, I'm good. Uh, yes, uh, last week Thursday was definitely uh, fun. I think that's that was our first event that we went to, I want to say, since COVID. Like A hundred percent. I'm not leaving the fucking house. Yo, I was paranoid <laughs> the whole fucking time I was there. I'm not even going to I feel you, you. bro. It was a lot of people, and when we walked in, initially, a lot of people didn't even have their mask on. I was like, "Oh shit, okay, it's, it's one of those." Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was love, you know. Shout out to K Goddess, she killed her set. You know, but we got there just in time to hear like the last three or two records. Um, it was amazing. Big shout out to uh, Scott Morris for plugging us in. Uh, we definitely got her interview coming up this Thursday, so make sure you guys tune in to Dad Has Some Bowties presents the Two Live Crew, eight p.m. on our IG Live. You heard. Facts. You know what my thing is? And I, I definitely thought it was a, a dope uh, event. I definitely yeah. shout out to K-Goddess. For sure. What I realized, though, mm-hmm. and maybe this is part of my all-man moment. Okay. Is I really hate that people are still trying to be cool during COVID. And so what I mean by that is my nigga. Wearing all the Gucci, Louis, Prada. Yo. <laughs> uh, trying to act like because you got 25,000 followers on Instagram that it's hard for you to open your mouth and say what up. Like, things like that are, like, extremely corny to me. But then on top of it, the fact that it's COVID and you in a, you in a, a space, we all in the same space. Uh-huh. Close proximity and by that. Close proximity. Close proximity. We 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 all got masks on our face, and we all know niggas is out here dying, and we all know that niggas is out here protesting. And I'm just trying to figure out why you still trying to be a fake celebrity. News flash to all these niggas. Celebrities don't even act like that. I'm just saying y'all know. When a when you go to industry events, everybody is chill and everybody's trying to have a conversation with everybody. There's not one celebrity at a celebrity event that I ever met that was like, oh, these niggas look like quote unquote commoners. So I'm not going to speak to them. Or I'm, I'm going to I'm going to act like I am uh, non-accessible. Now, nobody did that directly to us. 
Correct. But I'm just watching the Correct. room. Yeah. And and I'm just seeing like everybody trying to be in their persona, everybody trying to act a certain type of way. And that's just funny to me because I'm like, yo, we in the middle of a pandemic. If there's any time to just be human and just enjoy people's company and just, you know what I mean? Even meet somebody new, it's now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So nah, you right. That was the one thing uh, that I kind of took away from the event that I just thought was a little funny. But um, the event itself was super dope. K-Goddess, um, again, she took the time to take a picture with every single person Yo, that, that wanted was to take a picture with her. That was something, bro, I haven't seen in a long time that somebody that's on the up and up, because obviously she's on the rise. Um, I haven't seen that in a long time. Like now, the, she's yeah. the only one that should be acting Hollywood at her own event. Correct, because she had a and lot she wasn't of even people doing come that. at her. You know what I mean? She sat there for a good forty-five minutes to an hour taking pictures, just to take a photo, sure. just to take. And then some people was taking photos, like yeah. photos, like it was a fucking photo shoot. And she was humble. And, and and these are people who you don't know in the middle of a pandemic that wanna hug, hug your side hug, to right. take this picture, kiss you on the cheek. Under you. All that extra shit. I see. We we seen a lot. Of, we didn't do nothing extra. We just took a regular photo. You know what I mean? I, I hit it with the Keanu Reeves. That's what I, I hit it with the Keanu Reeves. That's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I understand 100% if, if she wanted some space. But she took, she let everybody, you know what I mean, be up under her. So I respect it. Um, and I'm looking forward to more from her, her, her songs. And the project coming out is super fire. So everybody look out for that. Big facts. But um, do you have an all-man moment, bro? Yeah, bro. My all-man moment is slightly different. We're about to switch gears for a minute and get a little personal. So I don't really speak about this much or uh, this particular person because obviously it's my mom. But we just had one of them conversations that I feel like needs to be addressed publicly on the platform. Uh, so without going into too many details, my all-man is basically, yes, we are living in very... Uh, a very precarious time, you know what I mean? We 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 are um, in some uncharted waters, and that's a culmination of both co- uh, uh, of COVID, of this upcoming election that's literally right around the corner. I mean, in two days, we're going to be in fucking October. So before you know it, we're going to be at those, you know what I mean, um, literally at those polls, voting. So um, if you guys haven't registered to vote, please do that. Shit getting real in the field. It's not a game. Um, and then, you know, we have... Uh, certain places that COVID cases are rising as the weather is dropping back to fall. Um, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow's a fucking thunderstorm. Um, me and my mom was just talking about a lot of things that's happening in the household that I'm in. And there's a lot of things that I don't agree with as her son in terms of where the finances of certain money monies are being allocated to. Um, because, we're trying to get a lot of home improvement stuff done, which we've, you know, started, you know, even prior to COVID. But I feel like all of the pressure and all of the finances have been going to fixing um, up certain aspects of the home. But all of the money was not allocated. So now you're scrambling to find money or you're asking somebody else to help you do it. And I'm like, that shouldn't be the way that this goes. Mm. The way that it should go is you either one, you have the money up front or you have half of it. And if a job is getting done, inform said contractors that, hey, I'm going to give you this portion now. 
and then I'm going to give you this portion later. But don't say that I'm going to pay these guys this money and I'm going to pay this other person that's doing something else in the house this money and then I'm going to pay this other person that's doing something else that's somewhere else in the house this money and now I'm fucking broke. Mm. It don't... Logically, to me, it don't make no sense, especially if you don't even have the deposits down for this shit. And it's like, I got to a point where I was so frustrated, like, this is like a fucking Ferris wheel. Like, this is not the first time something like this has happened. And I'm pretty sure that there's other people that listening to this podcast, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. When you get into that conversation with your parents or your guardian or even your brother and sister or whoever you live with, and you just looking at them like, what the fuck are you doing with the bread? Like, what are you really doing? Because then... When we do that, we're going to be scrambling, talking about we ain't got enough money to pay this, knowing that this bill comes on this particular day every fucking month, whether or not we was going to have to pay this contractor. Where was the money for this? Now we scrambling, talking about everybody's struggle. We know that, but we ain't talking about everybody. We're talking about us. I'm tired of the struggle shit. Tired of it. Nah, I mean, I think that's a a valid point in terms of, I think, I think it's a, a interesting conversation you bring up regarding when you do live with somebody um, and the finances or you guys are on two different financial pages as to what you think should be done with bread. That's always an interesting conversation, an inter- interesting place to be in. Yeah, it is. So, you know, I'm going to just say that I understand if we have certain people in in a household that make more than the other people, than the other uh, people involved. So it it almost feels like that person doesn't really have um, so much say because they can only put X amount of dollars to X amount of thing. However, regardless of that, I feel like that a person's opinion, if it um, is speaking to whatever the cause is, not saying it's a bad thing that you're doing, it's just how you're going about it. You should at least be open-minded and allow that person to speak freely. Because when I'm speaking freely, I'm not trying to attack or disrespect, but I am going to challenge. And I am going to try to um, pick your brain a little bit as to why you did what you did or, or why you thought that was okay when you did it. Because scrambling for bread, when you have other things coming up, talking about, I got to wait for this check to come, or I'm waiting for this person to um, give me the bread back, Regardless of all of that, when you say you're going to pay somebody to do something, whether it's a contract or somebody that's fixing something in the house and you don't have all the funds allocated, that's your fault. Not the person that owes you money. That's your fault. Not the check that's going to be coming the next week. That's your fault. It's your fault. You were unprepared. Just say that. I hear you, bro. So Ray J, Ray J filed for divorce. Because he said his wife isn't happy. So do you guys think it makes sense to divorce somebody because you see that they aren't happy? Typically, when we hear about divorce, it's because you aren't like, I'm not happy. So then I file for divorce. But he's claiming that he filed for divorce because he realized his spouse isn't happy. And I guess he said he thinks the best way to deal with it is to leave the relationship. How y'all feel about that? So let me get this straight, because the last I heard, the last I seen, the last I seen was Ray J talking to the women from, I think, what, what, what is it called? The Talk? 
Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't even know what show that. I was. I don't know that what show it was, it. but the show he was getting pressed. He was getting pressed. Yeah, by they that. was pressing him about it. It was yeah. pressing that nigga. Hard. Yo, I ain't never seen a nigga get pressed so hard and really scramble for words to say. That shit was very. That shit was hilarious. But what I'm gonna say is this: Ray J, when I initially heard him, he sounded confused. He sounded like he didn't know whether he wanted to stay in the marriage or if he wanted to leave the marriage. And when I when I heard it, the way that I heard it was Ray J claims that he wanted to be with his family, but then at the same time, he wanted a divorce. And then I didn't even know that this is not like their first time or second time talking about divorcing. This is like their third time. So I'm just like, Bro, if this is your third time, to me, my nigga, your mind is made. Maybe you're not built for this type of marriage that you in with this woman. Maybe you mm. just want to, maybe you want to be with her, but without the marriage title. I think he's confused, bro. And to divorce somebody because you think they're not happy. Do you think they're not happy? Or are you copping because you're not really happy? What is it? I, I kind of am on the same page with you because I kind of feel like that's a cop-out. Like, if you realize they're not happy, do the work to make them happy. It's that simple. Uh, to me. Now, maybe Flo has a different response because, you know, Flo is actually married. But the way I look at it is the same way I look at a relationship. If my spouse comes to me and tells me, yo, I don't feel like you're doing X, Y, and Z, and it's something that I'm able to fix, um, then my job as the second person in the relationship is to attempt to fix it. So to, to say, yo, I see that the person I'm with is unhappy. So I'm ending things to me is a little bit like a cop out. Like you said, it's like, are you just not willing to do the work to make her happy? Well, I'm going to say it like this. And, um, it's a difficult thing to say, but a lot of times, the things that make our spouses happy. And, That's it. And, and even for me as a married man, like I I empathize a little bit about what, what, what he's saying because sometimes the things that's going to make your spouse happy are the things that's going to change you the way that you don't want to be changed. So a lot of times, and we speak about it all the time, where we sacrifice so much of ourselves to make the people that we're with happy. And at some point, it gets to a, it gets to a place where you stop wanting to sacrifice. You feel me? You stop wanting to give up as much. And ultimately what that does for you is that when you realize that, you know, they say that term happy wife, happy life. Yeah. But a lot of times, what are we sacrificing to keep them happy? You feel me? What are we giving up? What part of ourselves are we giving up? And are we losing our identity doing that as a, as a person? So sometimes you might realize that your wife or your spouse isn't happy. And if you have to come to the conclusion that you got to get a divorce because you realize that they aren't happy, you're really getting the divorce because the thing that's going to make her happy is the one thing you don't want to compromise on. You feel me? Whether it be your business, whether it be your time, whether it be, you know, whatever that thing is. And a lot of times it's off of the business it's off of the, the, the one thing that drives you, like if like think about Ray J. Ray J might be at work. Ray J is a hustler. He's a workaholic. And she might just want him to be at home on some chill shit. And the thing that's making her sad is the fact that he's always on the go. 
Now, realistically, would y'all sacrifice that? Me? Nah. Me? Because I could tell y'all one thing. I love music, and I love what I do, and I love my wife. I love my children. But if my wife had to ask me to stop doing music, that's a hard conversation. And I'm being, I'm just being truthful about that. Like that would be a extremely difficult. It would have to be like life and death because a part of me, music is what allows me to function. It's what allows me to progress. It's, it's the part of me that's my therapy is what keeps on me from smacking some nigga upside the head. Music done, music done stopped me from literally going to jail quite a few times for niggas who I would have done very silly reckless things that the things are in my past that i choose to look away from so you got to look at what the things in your life that keeps you sane and if your significant other is trying to ask you to bend on those things i would i don't blame him if that if that is the case yeah it but might I, be a also, cop out too. I also feel like that's a matter of a conversation too you know what i'm saying like i also feel like sometimes that's, it's not though bro Sometimes I think when, it depends when, on when who you're with. You know what I mean? Like I think if you set that foundation of of things things not I mean if you're in, if you're in the long haul with somebody for a very long period of time, there has to be a conclusion and I'm sure that there's going to be times where not everything always fits in a, a neat box, but there has to be a time where that person understands that things can't just be their way or the highway. There has to be a bit of a compromise. It depends on how much of the compromise you're okay with. Like if someone is saying you're spending too much time doing X, Y, and Z, and it's taken away from the family, you got to take that into account. But if it's like, I want you to stop it completely, then they're being unreasonable. You know what I'm saying? And they have to understand that. I think, I think, I think that's what D-Flow was saying. Like stopping the shit completely. Like I was just going to say too, there's women that prior to us even getting this platform, bro, they already knew how we was moving. I w- I caught up with a friend this weekend. You guys know the friend. I'm not going to say the friend's name, but, you know, shout out to her. You know who you are. We had an amazing conversation this weekend, and she was like, yo, since I've known you, D, all you've done is anytime you set a goal, anytime you set something you want to do, you just do it, no matter how long it takes, no matter how. And I'm just like, how much of us can say that people have met us the way we are and the time that they met us to the time now, we've just been those dudes, those young black entrepreneurial mindset of men that's always been on the, the go. Imagine now we, you know, well, I'm speaking more for X and I. Imagine X and I end up in a relationship and then D-Flow after a while looks at us like, yo, you're not moving the way you was moving when we originally started that has and Botas or when we originally became friends. That's going to be a conversation that we can say is easily influenced by the relationship that we in because if a woman is telling X, Yo, I want you to stop the podcast because the podcast is taking up so much time. I'm going to just look at my bro like, yo, all to due respect, bro. Your girl met you doing the podcast, bro. She met you doing it. Oh, a that. thousand percent. And I think my point is just I wouldn't, with be, I wouldn't be with somebody who would ask me to stop doing the podcast. That's the problem, though. You see, that right there is what the problem is. Because a lot of times you meet someone and they cool with it at first. Mm-hmm. because they know that's what you love they know that's what you're enthusiastic about so they're willing to support you feel me they're willing to play that role and be supportive and whatnot but a lot of times i think what happens is that at some point they start to lose themselves because 
a lot of times they a lot of times women don't really care for the shit that we be doing. So a lot of times they just go along with it because Say they, that they're shit, interested bro. in you. Say that shit. I also think that you. sometimes it's a matter of just not knowing the actual the actual nuances as to what goes down to whatever when they get closer to you. So they may just know that the pod, the podcast X does a podcast every every Tuesday uh or every Monday and it takes two hours so for that two hours you know he's doing that but they're not aware of all right well after the podcast is done it's another hour to make sure that the vocals get to d flow and then there's another hour or two to go into promo and then there's another day of just promoing and then those things nigga that's five hours (laughs) maybe they didn't they didn't uh anticipate is now uh, something that is taking more than what they what they initially I guess expected, but uh, I understand that I think that that's somewhat valid. But even if even in that sense, I think it becomes a scenario now where they have to come to the conclusion of I'm with this person, everything is great. I have a problem with this one issue. If it gets to a level where we're talking about divorce or sep or or breaking up or something like that. I just think that that that's a hard place to get to. And you always and you always got to choose the podcast, bro, if it gets to that hard place. OK, I think I think it depends. I think in the in the celebrity world, I think it's much easier of a decision to make because they're thinking to themselves, there's options, you know, like they got the money, they got the time. They it's not hard. I'm, I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, everybody got their feelings and how they do things. But a lot of these celebrities like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm going to keep it pushing. I can always find someone else, da, 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 whatever, whatever. In most regular situations in normal human beings, mm-hmm. that option isn't as simple. You might have assets there. You might have so much. You have more to lose. So I think it's it's a varying concept, but I do believe that's what happens a lot of times when, 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 when a divorce happens and someone is filing divorce or a lot of times that compromise just isn't able to meet because either the woman feels that they have lost themselves trying to, especially in our type of situations where, you know, they're supporting our lifestyles. And, um, cause in reality, it's hard for it to be reversed. I would think you feel me like it's easier said than done. Like if your schedule is hectic and you got to make certain moves when you have children and you have all these different things happening, Someone has to sacrifice the time. Unless y'all both making wild amount of money, I could hire nine nannies and all that extra shit. Which I'm sure if they're not, doing. I'm what, sure Ray J and could, them did. I'm definitely sure. I would hope so. I would hope so. I would definitely hope <laughs> Ray definitely, J, that nigga be everywhere, bro. I'm sure they got that. That nigga be everywhere. Now, most of the times they do. Like, if you're both celebrities, you have to have a full-time nanny, bro. Like, that's a hard reality. You can't. Or else someone has to sacrifice their time. Someone has to. It's just it's not there's no rocket science to it. Like someone has to be there with their with the children. So, um, like these are the things that happen. And I think, you know, someone either sacrifices or does more than the other in a supportive role. And at some point they don't want to sacrifice no more. And at that point, they don't want to compromise. Mm-hmm. It's either you you it's either you ob- ob- oblige them. Or you don't. If not, they're depressed. And let me not say depressed. If not, they're unhappy. Mm-hmm. 
You feel me? And now you end up in a situation where you're stuck like, yo, what can I do to make you happy? And they're sitting there like, you know what I want. And you're like, but you know I can't do that. And now you're in limbo. Yeah, I mean, I hear that. I'm not I'm not saying that that can't be a, a scenario. I just think that in most scenarios, there's a compromise that can be made. But there are there are times where the compromise is just something that, you know, you may not be inclined to do. And so that become, in my opinion, that should become an ongoing conversation. But again, if it's one of those things where it's something you're really, really like firm on, this is what I want. And the other person is like, well, I don't want that anymore. Then it does become a little bit of a situation. I still think that divorcing someone based off of thinking that they are feeling like they're unhappy uh, is kind of like it feels like the shortcut from just figuring out how to make that person happy. Unless it's like, like you said, irreconcilable differences. It's just something there. Yeah. You know what I mean? The niggas- I think, I think there's, I think, I mean, just think about it like this, bro. You have a multi-million dollar business and shorty looking at you like, I need more time, playboy. What are you going to do? And you're just like, yo, like, in order for this multi-million dollar business function, I need to invest this time. You feel me? And like you said, like, in most normal scenarios, in everyday people, people who have regular jobs, stuff like that, that compromise will happen because nobody has the time nor the money. Let me not say nobody, but most people don't have the time nor the money to sit there and go through a whole divorce proceeding. They'd rather sit there and figure out what a smooth compromise is going to be. And I'm going but, to ask that person, like, okay, well, what do you? What are the solutions you have? <laughs> like, that's my, that's my thing. Like, yo, X, 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 <laughs> don't, don't, bro, bro. We're going you, into you, uncharted waters, fellas. We're going into if, uncharted if, waters. If you want me to stop doing something and you know that this thing is connected to something important for us, what is your solution? Let me know what the solution is, and then we could... You know they don't got the solution, bro. What are you talking about, And this is the part of the podcast where we're going to have to move on to the next topic, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Might get crazy after this. knows there's no solution, bro. They never got the answers. Yo, yo, next topic. Let me know what you want. And I'll do it. Other than that, I'ma holla at you another time. It might get crazy tomorrow <laughs> yeah, when this shit gets released. The fool, bro. <laughs> yeah. So, who's ready for uh these Fenty underwear that are dropping either this week or next? I'm copping as soon as them jeans drop. I just want y'all to know. <laughs> I don't know. Fenty underwear are on the way. I don't know if I'm I'm happy to cop them, but I definitely look forward to possibly raffling some of them for uh, bedtime stories in the future. I'm definitely. Know? Oh, I'm, I'm copping. definitely copping. I'm copping a hundred percent. You know, wifey already sent her sent her orders in. You know, you send her, <laughs> I got all of the messages and the hints already. <laughs> but so. what the bigger question or the or the bigger uh, topic here is we're starting to get a lot more black designers. We got Milano and now with Fenty, with Rihanna and Fenty, now we're having these designer uh underwear for men. Obviously she has her her nightwear for women, but are we in a space now where these 
black owned fashion lines are going to start being able to compete with the Gucci, Louis and Pradas. Do we think we're getting there? I mean, I feel like we was already there with Kanye West, to be honest. The thing about Kanye, though, is it's partnerships. Okay. We're talking about this is their name. At, you know, like Rihanna's thing. Yeah. Fenty is Rihanna's. Right. Fenty is not a collaboration. No, it, it, doesn't she have a major investor behind that too, though? No, she she is the, the fashion. She's the uh, head of another fashion house. So they, they oh, made I her... But Fenty is is hers. I thought Fenty had the partnership. The partnership is through the makeup line. Yeah. But the the partnership is through the makeup line. Okay. But Fenty itself is his brand. She just she just partnered with I think Mac or one of them to to distribute. Yeah. To distribute, right? That's what I was trying to figure out. But but the brand Fenty is hers. What I like about Fenty and even beyond Kanye with doing his one, Fenty is still it's still competable. That's the biggest difference. Like even with Ye dropping his sneakers, it's still his clothing line was still meant for upper middle class. I guess you could say with Fenty, it was designed and and packaged to compete with the um with Mac or compete on the lingerie and with like um what's the name of that lingerie company that does the twenty four ninety nine joint um. The name isn't coming to my head right now. What is the star the with? Monthly subscription. What the name start with? Adore Me. She's competing with Adore Me. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And are competing with Victoria's Secret when it comes to the lingerie. Definitely competing and, um, with Victoria's Secret when it comes to the lingerie, you know, for sure. It's more narrow to Adore Me because Adore Me does the twenty nine ninety nine monthly shipping. Like you get a like you get a like a bra and pants. Really? Or like a laundry. Yeah. And how much and, and, I think and, 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 and how much comes in a box for for that? One bra and one panty. That's fire. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, Victoria's Secret underwear and shit for women is expensive, bro. You're spending all $60. On one bra. That's a fact. That's why anytime yeah, V-Day so, come up and anybody asks me anything stupid, I'm like, yo, it's either dinner or you're getting one bra from Vicky's. What you getting? <laughs> I'm done. I'm dead ass. I'm not uh, even joking. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm just happy that she's able to um, put a, a reasonable cost and she's not just using her celebrity to escalate costs. Like she's still putting out a cost that's competable and that's reasonable that people, that everyday working people could afford. And I think that's what's also allowing her to outdo her competition. You feel me? So shout outs to her. Shout out to all the black brands doing it. But I think we're in a unique space where a lot of these big brands are in fear of some real competition. And, you know, they had their time. They had... 30, 40 years to to reap the benefits. Some of them, some <laughs> so, of them had way more than that. You know what I mean? Some of them had a hundred years. So Well, some of them just showed they ass and did too much shit to black people. Correct. With with whatever decisions that were being made in black terms face of and all that stupid shit. Yeah. So for me, I'm excited. Like when I realized, um, I mean, I knew who Milano was, but when I looked up her brand and I was like, oh, snap. I was like, oh, I'm copping everything from here. What the fuck is you talking about? You know what I mean? In terms of designer, um, one, her stuff is is way more reasonable than some of the other uh, name brand type stuff. And then two, it looks better. So it's like, it's not, it's an easy, and she's a black woman. So it's a no brainer. I'm, I'm copping, you know what I'm saying? So. But I think it's really dope, and I hope to see a lot more of these type of 
name brand black designers getting into the field and being able to compete, compete with Louis and all of these so that we could just transition away from being up under those type of brands. Um, speaking about transitioning, DJ Academics says that the Migos are no longer able to basically they haven't been they haven't been hot in a while. And as a group, as a group, the Migos are have not dropped a, a dope track in a while. How y'all feel about that? Is he lying or you agree? I don't know because lying. I mean, <laughs> we all know that. The Migos right now at least is going to obviously be caught into some fucking wind of fire because of offset situation with Cardi B. And we all know. I'm interested to see how that dynamic on a label level is going to change how they all do. Like, will they still be able to do music with Cardi? Is this more personal? Is it more business? They all on the same fucking record label. So we're going to see how that pans out. Um, right well, now. Well, that might not be the case soon because remember, they're suing uh, Pete from Quality Control. Oh, they are? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Anyways, so yeah, so uh, I don't know. I feel like... Uh, I feel like just because a group such as the Migos doesn't drop a hot record in a while, quote unquote, does that mean that they finished? Nah, that nigga right now, right now they're trying to recalibrate like offset situation might be fucking with them musically right now. Like, damn, maybe they was just about to drop a fucking project and then this shit happens. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on, man. I mean, what DJ Academic says is when they were coming up, I tend to agree with him on this point. When they were coming up, they were, as a group, making kind of like street rich nigga anthems. And so okay. at that time, they were all younger and they were all in the same circumstance. They all came from the same place. They came from the same struggle. They lived the same life experiences. But now the Migos, all three of them live totally different life experiences you got Offset, who's living married life off with Cardi B, uh, doing things that Quavo wasn't doing as he was. He's still uh, he's technically considered single, even though he's with Sweetie. But they were living their own life, doing their own thing. And then Takeoff, nobody knows what Takeoff nobody is doing. Nobody knows so, what Takeoff but- is doing. They're not even and they're not even all living in Atlanta no more. Like, you know, like Offset right. it out in L.A., you know, take off somewhere, somewhere, and um, <laughs> you know, offset living in a castle somewhere back in Georgia, somewhere. So, um, they, like you said, they're all living different lifestyles. I think the biggest problem with them is that they're not making the same caliber of music for sure, like what what academics said. And I think what happened is that they're not thinking about it, like yo, like you know, quality control. They're probably kind of jealous because the little baby is getting the the most out of the investments right now. Little baby, did didn't um XAB didn't you say what's his name bought fucking Yachty some shit the other day a car? Yeah, Pete bought uh Pete bought Yachty a car, but Yachty is doing a lot of behind the scenes work. That's, okay, that is that's a what fact. that's what I'm getting from Yachty. So Yachty is doing a 
He's not maybe as active musically, but he's doing a lot of writing and other oh, ways of bringing money. He's in. active though, because if you listen to some of the movie soundtracks, and he's on a lot of soundtracks for a lot what, of. What movies. I mean by active is like he's not, he's not one of their top artists right now. He's not no. the one. Oh yeah, he's not the one that they're putting uh, most. But like when priority. he first came out, he was a priority artist. They put out them the two albums. Both of them didn't do that well. But he still is holding his worth as a writer and some of maybe licensing, like you said, in, in a couple of movies and stuff like that. He's just not a, pri- a seems like to be a priority artist anymore. But he has his hand in that in that organization, in that label in a different way, because that they still highlight him. as He's still highlighted in his own sense, just not for music. So that yeah, tells me right something. now, Baby's for sure the highlight of that record label right now. Little Baby is the is the go-to guy over there right now who's really pumping out hits. And um Little I Baby is Nino, having a Drake run, honestly. He's on yeah, everybody's baby's, single. Baby's <laughs> hot right now. Little Baby is hot. He's and his records are hitting. His records all, are hitting. All, his records are hitting and he's featured I, I remember, a lot. I think they were saying um P was saying that he's actually in the red with with the Migos right now. So he was saying like he was in the red because their last song or that last single they put out, like he invested, I think it was like two hundred and something thousand dollars just in promo, mm. and it still didn't do good. So, um, yeah, it was yeah. He was spending, he spent mad bread on that last single that they dropped the other day, and um, the single didn't do nothing. And I think he was saying that's just on that on that southeast region, yeah, like Atlanta up to New York. So. Yeah, like, and they were asking for advance on like an album and different little things they were asking for, and you know they uh, QC didn't want to give it, so they were trying to sue QC, and QC was just like, "Nah, Playboy, like we're in the red, like y'all can't ask for bread, more money, and we haven't recouped our investments yet." So, yeah, all them chains, they should have put some of that bread up. You feel me? Listen, life takes us into different uh, areas, and I think as solo artists, they are proving to be to to capture a sound and an audience solo. I would like to see them come back, but I can see them not being on the same page musically. And their music again was for the streets originally, and sometimes that translation into the more pop genre, the more pop culture, isn't always what your original audience wants to hear and they're definitely heading more into that pop stream um with their with their music so we'll see this thing which you had sent that old interview of ebro versus kodak um and you said that you felt like ebro was a clown for that uh no i think that um i think the caption was ebro was a clown i sent it because it was interesting because i thought that interview reminded me of when Baby fucking pressed the Breakfast Club. Well, particularly when Baby pressed Charlemagne, actually. And he was mm-hmm. telling a nigga to put some respect on his name. And we, we all know what happened with that. The Kodak situation, I don't understand how you come to an interview. Well, I, break break down the interview because it is an old one, but they, people don't know what the hell we so, talking about. So, so basically, this was really around the time when Kodak was getting uh, uh, accused of um, those those rape charges when it initially first came out and Ebro, 
y'all know y'all know Ebro, man. That that nigga be. I don't know if Ebro has a has an angst against young artists really getting money and getting it big and pr- probably not paying homage to hip hop in a way that he feels like they should. But the way that he was pressing that nigga Kodak, he ain't give a fuck what was happening that day. I think the the first question that they asked a the nigga was something about I think the newspaper. And the, and the nigga was like, what type of question are you asking me? And then he was like, nah, I'm saying like, what you think about this, you know, this, this thing on the newspaper? And then the original question was, you know, so how do you feel about, you know, you being accused of these rape charges? Because Ebro was basically saying, you know, we don't take disrespect to our black women lightly. You know, we don't play that around here. So, you know what I mean? We'd really appreciate it if you just... Uh, speak your piece on what exactly happened and where your thoughts are on that. And Kodak did not want to answer that question regarding said rape allegations. So when he was like, ask me another question, that's when they wanted to be a little uh, silly and ask him something about the newspaper. And he didn't want to answer that question either. And I think at that point, Ebro was like, but we ain't got to, you know, we ain't got to even finish the interview. So then Kodak was they like- They asked him about the uh, moon landing if yeah, he the- thought the moon landing was- was the, real or not the moon lit that i don't even know why fucking rosenberg asked a nigga that question but um I rosenberg think- was trying to get the fuck up out of there that's why <laughs> rosenberg looked like he was a bit uneasy he looked like he was a yeah, bit he was uneasy. trying to get the fuck up out of that of that original original question right he was uh, like, all right and i noticed that when kodak was just like looking at Ebro, and Ebro was looking at him, and Rosenberg is looking at nobody. He was like, yo, we could just end this shit. And then he was like, yo, so let's end it. And that was it. I think, for me, looking at that is, it's a problem for me when you know, as an entertainer, whether or not you want niggas to call, because that's what we are, whether or not you want the interviewer to ask you certain questions. If you don't want to answer the question, simply say, yo, like, I can't talk about it or, you know, my lawyer advised me not to speak, you know, on those things or, you know, try to, you know, make it seem like, yo, you know, there's not enough evidence on it. So right now I would only be half talking, but to just leave the interview the way he did, it's unprofessional. That's some shit that I don't even know if these record labels is teaching these artists anymore. Like artists really be thinking they don't got to answer no fucking questions. Like nigga, who are you? I mean, I agree. I don't think that, I don't think that Ebro asked a bad question. I think that Kodak just didn't know how to answer it appropriately and just got upset. I also believe that what Kodak said has truth to it, too, though, where he said, um, you know, some of you guys just want to use things that y'all see in the, these headlines and these cases and these different things as a form of entertainment. And him not being okay with doing that, with joining in on the bandwagon and making it a form of entertainment. What I don't agree with, of course, is it, it, it is what you did. You know what I'm saying? So Correct. That is a fact. You, It's not necessarily them grabbing for a form of entertainment. I think that's a valid question, uh, especially at the time. I think that was two years ago or something like that. Yeah. I think it's a valid question. Like, yo, you got this, you up here at the radio station promoting music, but you got this very serious case about something very serious. I know you probably can't talk about the details of the case, but is there something that you want to say in regards to what's going on? If 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 we get a, a dope artist 
to come on the show. And the day before they supposed to come on the show, a headline comes out saying they raped four girls. It's either we cancel the interview or we got to ask them like, yo, I know this joint just dropped. You probably can't speak too much about it, but is there something you want to say on it? And that doesn't necessarily mean go into it, but that could mean, yo, I know that y'all seeing X, Y, and Z, but I support black women. When the details could come out, the details could come out. You know what I'm saying? Something along those lines that allow people to understand if you feel like you didn't do it or if you feel like it's a weird, precarious thing going on that you understand that this is a negative stain on on who you are. And if it is that you kind of involved, just like this thing was said, I can't really speak on that in any way, shape or form. So um, you're going to have to ask me something different. But at the end of the day, I do think that as like an interviewer, when these hard scenarios pop up, when a Breonna Taylor verdict comes in that really fucks with everybody, when some a black man gets shot in the street, something like that, when those things pop up, I do think that sometimes you got to deviate from regular programming to kind of address it to some way, shape or form. So I don't really necessarily fault Ebro. He probably could have acted it a little different. I think there's an art to interviewing that he wasn't really going by. Um, but at the same, in the same breath, I can understand why Kodak, um, if if it, if he was coming from the lens of, yo, I don't want you guys using my life as a form of entertainment, I can un- also understand that perspective. Sometimes artists be trying to avoid questions, though, that okay. they know niggas is going to ask them, bro. And you also got to understand the, the fucking platform that you agreed to be interviewed on. Because I'm going to tell y'all right That's now, artists, if y'all come to Dad has some bow ties and we just as big as Power 105 or just as big as High 97 or any one of these other uh, publications, nigga, if you do some stupid shit in the news, don't expect me and XAB to be cracking jokes the whole way through the interview, nigga. We're going to be on that ass, boy. I'm going to be with the serious lawyer face. Like, nigga, where were you on September 19th, 2025? Man, fuck that. Right now, artists that want to come on Dad has oh, some bow ties because there's a lot of y'all. If there's some shit <laughs> that we know about, best believe we're going to ask you about it. It's that simple. No joke. Like, nigga. don't be surprised if a nigga ask you about something that you lived. It's your life. And no one's going to be disrespectful about your life. But if an aspect of your life is out there for everybody to have seen, everybody to know about. If it hit the news, nigga, it's hitting us. Come on. <laughs> it's hitting the show. If, if you posted it on social media, if you have it in your press kit, niggas is going to ask you about it. Like, I'm sorry. Because some of these artists be acting like they don't want to answer certain things or they get they get embarrassed about certain things. And it's like, but how are you embarrassed about something that that you live through and you are still in a successful position? Like nobody wants to demean you or downplay you. And I just think that that's corny. But again, I can understand a little bit of of, of both sides. I, I definitely don't think that Ebro was a clown for asking the question he asked. I think Kodak was just too immature to answer it appropriately. And like you said, D, these artists are not getting media trained anymore. No. So they don't even know how to deal with a question like that. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, artist development is a thing of the past at this point. Yeah. Artist development isn't happening like how it was. These, these a lot. I would say maybe 
80% of these artists are just kind of, they're just kind of getting thrown out to the wolves. The, the artists, I think, have to ask for it. And I think what the label is doing is like, oh, well, if you want artist development, it's going to be an extra 20 Gs a month. And some of these that artists are like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not I'm doing go on this radio station and be like, I'm finna do that. Exactly. And, you know, it. you have to be media trained for that. You have to know how to divert the conversation. You have to know how to not take offense. You are a public figure and your information is going to be out there for the public. So you have to be willing to answer some of these more difficult conversations, either that or you make sure you do a disclaimer prior to doing the interview asking that certain things don't get asked about. Right. You can't pop up to the radio station and be like, yeah, I'm cool. We'll talk about whatever. And then when they ask you certain questions, oh, I don't want to talk about that. Nah, you got to have that demeanor. And I think radio stations also bully certain artists because a lot of times they're going to be like, you ain't popping enough for you to be demanding not to do this or demanding to do that. And that's exactly so how lot- that ended. That nigga said, yep. that nigga said, nigga, you're not going to tell me what questions to ask on my show. That's it. That's so it. You want to leave? And Kodak was just like, "Yeah," but did it did it hurt his career? Nah, <laughs> I think Kodak still was good. And it so, and it did well for Hot ninety seven because now they got a Birdman interview like like how Power one hundred five did. Correct. So so it, it was a win win, even though it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be. Uh, Cardi B said that she left Offset because to avoid getting caught up in another cheating scandal. So basically. I guess she felt like the relationship was getting back in a place where maybe she was before when he cheated. And to avoid getting caught in another scandal, she decided to leave. Does that change how we feel about this situation? And do we think this means they might come get back together? I don't know. No, I don't feel no differently about it. I feel like it's over. I I feel feel like it's over. But it's always interesting We've been, so far, we've been reporting for the last, this is our second consecutive week reporting what Cardi has been saying. Do we know what the fuck Offset has been saying? I haven't seen this nothing. This nigga Offset, Offset has been quiet as a mouse, boy. I don't that know, yo. Offset been getting sloppy toppies for the past two weeks, but That man ain't have no worries in this <laughs> yo, world. Yo, like, what I'm trying to figure out is, man asks woman for her hand in marriage. Woman says, I do. Few years later, woman says I don't here's the divorce papers it's always funny you never really hear a nigga side of it especially if it's the woman initially saying she wants out and the way that she's saying she wants out is because I feel like he has he just has a sloppy track record so it's it's gonna be more easier to be like she's doing the right thing because if Offset was uh, a law-abiding citizen and not violating Cardi from all the times he did, we might be hearing a different side of the story. But I guess D-Flo's right. Maybe he's somewhere in fucking Calabasas in a fucking hidden hill getting the craziest head of his life. I don't know. The satellite is off. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. I, I think Plus, Offset you know, is, is in a space right now where he's trying to figure the fuck, figure shit the fuck I out. I think Offset is hurt. Honest. That's why he not saying nothing. I think that nigga is some... He might be 100%. getting head D-Flo, but he probably crying from and not from the head. It's also kind of interesting that as soon as these niggas is having label issues, that she's breaking out. But we're gonna leave that for another day. <laughs> that that that's an, that that's listen, that's man. valid. That's valid. Listen, man, we're in a know. space where where you got to take everything into consideration. I I am know. not going to discredit that at all. 
Oh no, <laughs> it's a possibility, I just find son. It a little bit coincidental that they're divorcing and his career is also unwinding. Do at we the same damn do time? We, do we agree that she should get full custody? Because I think that's what she also wants. Correct. I I don't know too much about them to be able to to even put an opinion on that. Yeah, part. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't. Mm. I, I believe that both parents should have the opportunity to get shared custody, but obviously, yeah, to me, that's full, a varying thing. Full custody is reserved for if one parent is either completely unstable, or financially, mentally, or physically, and there's like a reason you're concerned about the kid's safety when they're with the other parent. That is when full custody should be explored, in my opinion. I don't know what the letter of the law is regarding it, but in my humble opinion, that is the only time someone should be able to to win a full custody battle. Other than that, I don't even think that, again, unless there's like a, an extreme difference, I don't even think that should always be part of the court proceeding. I, I don't think, think that's so something either. that as parents, you need to sit the fuck down and be like, all right, well... Are we going to do this like split week? Are we going to do split year? We going to do what are we going to do in terms of the kids? Like, how do we want to how do we want to do it? Um, and deep down, I honestly, inside, don't think the courts have to always be involved in and that. And deep down inside, I mean, let's really look at the situation, though, because if that's what she want, she's going to have to prove she can really do that, because I feel like Cardi got a much more busy, hectic schedule than fucking offset. And I'm not talking about that's just when. That's when the nannies come back in, though. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, the nannies pop back in at that point. I mean, you can't just get full custody. Like, there's a cold court proceeding that the judge has to rule in your favor. Like, she would have to make Offset seem like he's unfit to to raise that and child. And that's going to be hard her. as hell because Offset already got fucking three kids before having a culture. Well, the way these lawyers work, they could use that against him. They could use that against him because they could say that what 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 time would they have? And then if the other baby mothers aren't as cooperative, then that also presents its own issue. There's, there's multiple issues that could be presented from that, but still she has to make a, a case and a plea to prove that he's unfit to do that. So what will happen is that she won't, they won't do, she could fight for us partial custody that he maybe only sees her, you know, once every other week or, you know, two weekends out the month. That that custody battles could get split up in mad different ways. Like there's some dudes who only get visitation rights once a month. Some dudes only get visitation rights once one day out the week. Right. Like it it could vary depending on the situation. Obviously split custody would be great where, you know, three to four days get spent with each either of the parents. But um in most scenarios, um, depending on who has the more busy schedule Normally, one parent has a child for the school week and the other parent has a child for the weekend. Mm. So that would be, you know, normally how it would work. Yeah, best of luck to them. Um, but now we got to talk about this uh, Brianna Taylor verdict and, you know, the details around that. Anybody want to break that situation down um, as to what happened? From... <laughs> From what I heard, I haven't been seeing everything. Everything I've been I've been learning a lot more about it from my songs. Pay shout out to my song, the general, um, and my mom also. I think that we all kind of knew. I mean, and I'm talking about the black community 
in large, we all kind of knew we wasn't going to get what we thought we was. And what I read was, this was somebody else um, who was just writing a comment on Facebook. They were like, yo, listen, check it out. We know that y'all wanted to see the cops in a real fucked up situation regarding the verdict. However, the family should have thought about that before they took the money. What are y'all thoughts on that? I don't think they're correlated at all. I don't think they're correlated the either, but I yeah. but 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 I do think that sometimes when we have situations like this, families take the bread from whatever the state or the city is offering and then they take it and then they're like, you know, that's not the point. You know, we're really going to make sure our daughter or our son gets justice. And then when we get to this part, we're unhappy. And I think that's when you just see everything fucking fall apart. It, for, but I think for Brianna's situation, I don't think this is going to be one of those after the verdict don't go the, the way that we want, it's just going to end. Like, I feel like there's people that's really on some. We're going to put our life on the line and make sure this shit don't go down. I mean, I just... I just think people be piecing the wrong things together sometimes. Like in 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 those scenarios that you're presenting to me, um, though those are just two different court proceedings. So there, I get what you're saying in terms of there may be some families out there that once they get the money, their fire dies down. They feel like they have a form of justice, but I mean, I don't really see there being much wrong with that if you don't know what else to do not every case where somebody gets killed gets this much attention gets this much support from other community members and all of that so if you have a situation like this and the the city is giving you 10 mil and you only have the people in your community marching with you and you realize that that's not getting anything done like so at some point your fire will die down and i also think that that takes a long time. That takes years for a lot of, at least a lot of the things that I've seen. Um, it takes years before someone's fire about the situation dies down. What's happening with Brianna, to go to the point that you were making, is this is nationwide. The fire can't die down because <laughs> once once New York stopped marching, Atlanta's still marching. Once Atlanta's still marching, Detroit is still marching. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it's one of those things where the fire is, is hard to die down. And then... At every one of these marches, the police are doing some dumb shit. So that's even building shit up even more. I think with this verdict, um, and everybody should be caught up with the verdict by now. I don't think we need to go too much into detail. But basically, no cops were indicted for anything but property damage, essentially. Um, Shooting into other people's apartments. So reckless endangerment, in a sense. Um, And so, I think we knew. I I think we were supposed to know, though, and that's the part that kind of I'm kind of stuck on. You know, I'm not a conspiracy person, but the fact that they boarded everything up the night before, two nights before. That was that was wild. That was wild. That just kind of like signaled to me that someone knew something. Some shit, bro. Yeah. Somebody knew, knew something it, ahead huh? of time. Somebody Holy knew something ahead knew. of time. Some nigga had to make that call and be like, you know what? Things might not work out. So yep, let's them companies, prep for that shit. them companies in the area were pressuring whatever. Uh, uh, this nigga, this this nigga who shall not be named, and this nigga probably hit them back and said, "Yo, 
board your shit up. And they said, say Facts. less. Yeah. <laughs> because That's all that happened, bro. Two days before y'all boarding shit up, when the verdict came down, I also kind of blamed the media to some extent because off rip, the media was, this is ter- this is a travesty. This sucks. Da, 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 da. Nine out of 10 people didn't even know what the fuck Shorty said when she uh, read the indictment. Fact. Because you need you re- it was really pol- it was really uh, judicial jargon. Like you had to sit there and take a moment, which a lot of people sat there confused. But then the media went straight to, "Oh, this this is a terrible verdict." Da 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 da. And I just think that they were pushing the narrative of what emotion black people were supposed to have. Black people were supposed to be outraged. Black people were supposed to be sad. And before it actually became a thing on the streets, that people realized. Yo, this this verdict isn't going the way we wanted it to. So I don't know. It I just felt kind of weird to me. It felt like like niggas had a heads up that shit was going to go south. But as you said, this thing, which is not nothing that we didn't expect. At the end of the day, they know what triggers us. They prey on our uh, our emotions. They know that there's a large group of black folk that are going to tear shit up. Um, they know that there's a large group of black folk that are going to um, who, who are part of the Black Lives Matter movement or any other grassroots organizations that's doing the groundwork. They know that those movements are going to now even form more strategic ploys to try to get on the inside to like try to change the dynamic of how these cases are being reviewed differently by putting black and brown people in those positions so that they can help out because the more and more we become conscious is the more and more we're going to have um, these things happen to us because I feel like we've been rapidly, like a lot of us, we've been rapidly getting, quote unquote, way more woke in this year than other past years before. Like we've fully demonstrated that we can fully organize. We've demonstrated we can uh to an extent police our communities. We've organized even on a political level that we know how to talk that we know what some of these laws mean, that we know um, who we can um, talk to about getting some of these laws changed and rectified, that we're not just going to be doing press conferences and holding up fucking uh, flags and, you know, chanting Black Lives Matter. No, we have more than that in 2020. And there's there's probably people that listen to this podcast that don't even want us to know that they listen to this podcast because we're also helping them by talking the way we talk right this second for the movement. You may not see us at every march, every rally, every protest, every demonstration, every courthouse, every, you know, uh, standing ovation, every, you know, uh, White House uh, walk, every, you know, uh, uh, few years we're going to march to Washington, D.C. You may not see that has some bow ties there, but you know that we there. You know we, you know we right there with y'all. So shout out to say, y'all. I'm going to say something that I know is something that most people maybe don't think about. And maybe if there is a a, a black uh, shadow government listening, they're going to be tight about. But I'm going to say it anyway. There is big business and a lot of money in black bodies being killed and the outrage that comes from it. Let me say it again for the people who may not understand exactly what I said. There is big business. There is a lot of money 
in black people being killed. Sorry, I'm going to say it clearer. Black people being killed and the outrage that comes from it. You want to know what I'm talking about more specifically? When these businesses get looted, they have insurance policies. They get that money back and more. When black people go and protest, these political organizations get a lot of influx of money. They get an influx of of support. And we're talking about not just I know everybody's coming at Black Lives Matter, the organization. I'm not necessarily jumping on that bandwagon. What I am saying, though, is organizations like them and the Democrats and the Republicans and independents and any other grassroots organization sees an influx of money. They see an influx of bills come in. These companies that start to virtue signal and say they stand with black people get an influx of money. There's no coincidence between Nike telling you that they stand with black people and then you feeling like you're cool buying more Nike. That's a fact. There, there's no coincidence there. It's it's literally, I'm not saying that it's an advertisement ploy. What I am saying is when these things happen, companies look at it and maybe not in a malicious way. It might not be a one-to-one ratio, but companies do understand that in these moments, companies, politics, uh, news organizations, in these moments where things look like they're going crazy, there will be an influx of either eyes on news channels, which brings in more advertising revenue. Again, if, if a company says, yo, we stand with y'all, they know that the black dollar, which is the dollar that is has the most spending power, is going to go to them. And they know that, fuck it, even if niggas want to tear shit up, we got insurance policies for that. So we end up getting bread. So that's why I said before that it almost feels like niggas got a heads up. Um, and it almost feels like the media is also kind of pushing the emotion black people are supposed to have it almost it, i understand that a lot of people are outraged and they should be i'm outraged too i'm not saying that we're not supposed to be outraged but i'm just saying the the emotion was almost kind of signaled before things even really settled in for people as to what they were supposed to feel and how it is how they were supposed to feel now granted this whole shit is a mess um, and it's really terrible and I want everybody to continue to fight. But we also have to just keep in mind and keep in understanding that some of what's going on is in the benefit of certain people and black bodies being killed and then paraded around has been part of America, the fabric of America for quite some time and America making money off of that. America putting black people in zoos, America uh, whipping people in public, lynching people in public, doing things like that. As always, the, the, the death and the carnage attached to black bodies and the business that comes from it has always been part of this country. So that's what we're going to say on that. 
Um, <laughs> listen, that's the truth, bro. It it, it really is. It, it's, it's crazy, the truth, but it's wild that a lot of these people still can't admit to that being the reality, and then sitting there in front or acting as if they were absurd for simply wanting justice. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a crazy time like when you really sit down it's funny because it's like when you really sit down and you look at the details of what's happening you start to see the you start to see why Malcolm X was so angry you start to see while why Martin Luther King started to switch his tone towards the end of his life R.I.P. Martin Luther King you start to see why Huey Newton was on what he was on you know what I mean? So you just start to to see certain things and you're like, huh, this design is not as innocent as people try to make it seem. Oh, we didn't know. We didn't know that shit was going on. Y'all niggas knew. <laughs> y'all niggas knew. Stop. Stop telling people y'all didn't know. The funny thing about it is a lot of them, the same ones saying they didn't know, um... The same ones saying that they didn't know are the same ones that either had involvement or helped plan it. <laughs> That's also what's kind of crazy about it because even though some of the wild forms of racism wasn't that used to happen back in the day aren't happening right now, there's just a new method to it. Yeah. And they're aware of it. These meetings are happening. Especially in the political arena. Yeah. I would say that politics is the place where they're most aware of all the fuck shit going on culturally. They they know you live in certain states and you know what your constituents are telling you. I don't want that black school here. I don't want these black people moving into my neighborhood. You hear these things. So you know that shit ain't all good in the hood. But yet you still try to push the message of, now, now, everybody, don't get crazy. It's not like that. We're in a place where we live together and we we love each other. No, we don't. No, we don't. But let's let's switch it up. That's wild, bro. Um, there was a meme going around talking about disrespect in relationship. I distinguish. I think you sent this over. So I guess the question is, how much are you willing to take in terms of disrespect? It wasn't a meme. It was a video. It was a reel you sent over. Shit, I don't even remember sending that shit. Um, <laughs> we be sending so much shit in that goddamn chat. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, for me, I'm at a point now where if I feel like the disrespect is blatant, uh, if I had to put like if I had to put it on a number scale from one to five, I feel like I could take four. You know what I mean? I feel mm. like so some people might be in the middle because depending on how blatant it is, whether it's up in your face or whether it's something you hear, and then the person sees that you're listening to what they're saying about you and they still going? Yeah, that's different, man. That's different. Um, yeah, my my tolerance has changed over the years. 100%. <laughs> Not that, 100%. I used to... I used to justify a lot. Uh, I'm talking. We're talking about from a significant other, right. not from strangers or something like that. Um, just so the audience don't get it twisted and try some shit, and I have to beat a nigga ass. But 
<laughs> Niggas not trying to do that in 2020. But um, in terms of a significant other and, and disrespect, I would justify a lot of it before. And I would be like, uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, young women that I've dealt with have had some form of trauma in their life um, before they met me. And so sometimes they would be healed, quote unquote, from it, but still be dealing with some slight ramifications from it. And then sometimes they would be in the midst of healing and not nowhere near the end point. And of course, these things don't always present themselves straight off the bat. Um, sometimes they, they come down the road. And so when they do pop up, there's a lot of justifying that I used to do because I always come from a place of, as we spoke about earlier in the beginning of the show, of trying to fix a situation before I completely give up on it. Um, and so in the beginning, I would deal with a lot of disrespect. I'm not even going to hold you. Maybe like when I was 23 to around, I want to say 27, I would deal with a lot of disrespect. But now, like you said, distinguish, if it's, if it's blatant or if it reveals itself up front, like outright within the first three months, I'm cool off that. Like, I'm definitely, we might still be cool. We might still be able to hang out, but me dealing with it, nah, I'm going to check you as soon as you do it. I'm not, I'm not going to be nice about the check either. I'm going to be like, yo, I'm not dealing with that type of shit. So if that's what you want, then that's what you want, but you ain't going to be on that with me. D flow. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this nigga start laughing, bro. You know what's real. <laughs> it's gonna be a real uh, comment. <laughs> Allegedly. It, uh, I, I will say hypothetically, this right flow. Hypothetically. I mean, he's about to say a real in, shit. In, he's about to say some real shit. In reality, bro. In reality, sometimes you got to take maybe up to like a good level six. And I'll say that only because it depends. (laughs) Yeah, I think it depends on how invested you are. Because I think when you get into long-term relationships, the the disrespect happens much more subtly and much more, I guess, it's not as apparent as you think it is. Because a lot of times you're so used to certain things happening that you don't even classify it as disrespect anymore. It just kind of becomes a part of the rhetoric. But I would say... My man used the word classify. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what the reality is. Or else you're going to continue having like petty arguments. And I would also that just add turns to into it, toxicity. If, if, you, if you did something to cause the disrespect, we want a whole nother conversation. Yeah, that's a whole nother... <laughs> I was about to say, that's something like it depends. Like it, there's no... There's no real right or wrong way. Like you, like certain levels of disrespect will happen because people are frustrated, especially when you're living with people. Like you get low key disrespected every day, right? Especially if you're living or something. Be like, nigga, get your dirty drawers off the floor with your sloppy ass and like silly <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> like damn, like, my like damn, like <laughs> we're in the bathroom for Pete's sake. Like where else do you want me to put it? Like little little silly things like that are. Just the bad habits you may have naturally. Like, you might get home and take your socks off 
and just leave it on the floor and that might cause you to get a curse out that one fine day talking about your stinking toes and yeah. nigga you're like little things like that or you know something where y'all get into an argument and she called you a, a pussy ass nigga or or some shit like that's that that's blatant like, bro like this. that's level 6 bro that's level six. <laughs> that's gonna happen though, my nigga. Like you, if you really invested in your relationship, bro, y'all get to that point. Ain't no nicest, ain't no nice conversations being had in an argument, my nigga. Ain't no. Well, I'm sorry to hurt your feelings. It's fuck you, nigga. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, bitch. It's gonna get to that type of conversation. <laughs> it's not the the, con, the 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 arguments is never gonna be subtle. If that's what y'all niggas is hoping for, then I don't know. I don't know what to tell y'all. It's going to be... Arguments is going to be fierce. It's going to be... That's rough. Because, especially if you're committing to not hitting, if you're not the type to walk away from an argument, nor are you the type to hit, the arguments is going to be severe, my friend. You're not going to have no no simple arguments. The arguments is going to be fierce. She's going to hurt your feelings, and you're going to be like, oh, nah, you, you, you ain't going to sit here and shoot me with this bazooka and don't think I'm gonna come back with my Uzi. This ain't this ain't how it's finna go. Yeah. You feel me? So I think in long term relationships, some niggas might tell you an eight or a nine. To be honest, like I think anything above a six is borderline. You're disrespecting parents and siblings, and anything above an eight is is boxing matches happening at that point. Niggas is full on. It's a full on ten round fight about to happen. So I think, you know, you're going to get cursed out. You're going to, your feelings will definitely get hurt. She will tell you something that will have you contemplating life and sitting there at the edge of your bed. Like, did this chick really just tell me that? You know? Yeah. See, I'm not good at that. I'm not, I'm not good with, cause I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to present certain things into an argument that I know is going to hurt you um, purposely. So I wouldn't be good with argument going going to that level um, because then I'm looking at you like, oh, you're trying to do this on purpose. So I don't know how I can. It's one thing if you say some shit in the heat of the moment and it's just like you didn't know that it was it would hurt me. You were just being blunt and honest about how you felt about certain things. All right, cool, whatever. If I see your intent was I'm going to say this reckless thing because I want an uh I want a reaction. I'm not I'm not good with those. I'm not good with those at all because you're trying to put us in a space now that is dangerous for me as a man to be in. And obviously, um, you know, if it gets past a certain point, that's dangerous for everybody. But I'm not one to get to that point, period. So I don't really even consider that in the conversation that we're having. But um, in terms of like, you start saying some wild shit to me, and now what I'm supposed to, you know what I mean? Just be cool with it. And I'm the type of person I always remember. So I'm going to remember that, that wild thing you said to try and hurt me for the rest of the duration of this relationship. Damn. It's going to take work. It's going to take work for me to, to feel comfortable around you again in, in lieu of telling you things. I don't want to tell somebody some shit, then they're going to try and use it against me when they get mad in an argument? I mean, I it's hard for me to answer it, bro, because I feel like when you get into when you get to a certain point in your relationship, you can't always walk away 
or you can't always hope that the um and you can't always hope that the conversation is going to go smooth. Nah, it don't got to go smooth. It's just don't intentionally say some shit. Don't be like that's why your grandmother died or something. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, hey, you saying some shit like that in a in an argument about cookies on the counter that that blew up and went left and then you say some wild shit like that. Nah. I'm I'm Facts. it ain't even about what you said it's about the intent that you would say some shit like Shorty that what else would you, in you do face and it's like that's why you could never keep a job Damn. <laughs> that's t- that's the type of shit you will get though they will tell you that because women I, and I'm not going to generalize it I really don't want to generalize it but some women from your experience what <laughs> from my from my experience at certain things some women um well, when they know they could hurt you, they know they could hurt you. And a lot of times when you've done something bad, that's the only way that they could hurt you. And, you know, it's just a part of the reality. Like, the, the, they, they're going to look for that wound and throw salt on it. And I'm, it's up to you to just be like, you know what? I know what you're trying. The difference is, is when you peep it and you know how to work around it and not feed into it as well. I mean, it's all toxic. To be honest, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a keep it a thousand on this podcast today. I've been in a situation like that. I've been in situations where women have said like wild stuff, and I know you're trying to do it because that's all you got. You know what I'm saying? Because you feel some type of way about some shit, and the only way you think you can make me feel the same way you feel is by fabricating, or or by uh trying to hit a hot button or something you think is a hot button the difference is the person that was trying to do it knew zero about me so all they could do was like fabricate things and and try and and make me feel bad about things that i that if they knew me they know i do not feel bad about (laughs) so it was like one of those situations where i was like all i'm doing is looking at you like yo you are a clown and you just don't have any good intention in your heart when it comes to me. If these are things that you was holding on to, waiting for an argument so that you could try and bring this up, thinking it was going to make me upset or make me feel some type of way, then I don't really need to even be around you. And that's what ended up happening. I was like, I'm cool. I'm cool off that. We don't need to communicate. We don't need to talk. We don't need to nothing because you on some other type of shit. And this person wasn't even like a, a... person i was in a relationship with but and it's happened between you know that's happened a couple of times the the three times i said i was in toxic situations it happened in in those all three of those toxic situations for sure so yes i don't know if, if i'm thinking about what you're thinking about i don't know see that's like a level seven or level eight <laughs> Nah, that's that's uh, for me. That's over the hump, my nigga. That's that we talking. <laughs> that's level ten, I, nigga. Like if it's level if, 10. if you you know me, I I don't know if niggas want to call say I, I'm a sensitive nigga. Or not I don't think I'm sensitive. I'm not very emotional, but I don't take certain levels of. There are certain things that I will not take because it lets me know that either this is what you have to accept to be cool with this person. Or this is where things will go consistently. And where does that bring you? And once I realize that it's taking me out of character, like that phrase takes a, a stronger meaning 
when I look look at certain situations, if I realize I'm being taken out of character often, and this is what this person thinks is normal, I can't I can't do it. If we arguing and every time we argue, you use that as a way and a means to get off your anger and to get off your frustrations about other shit, then we're in a toxic space. You haven't dealt with and you don't have a good way to cope with your life. So instead, you bring all that shit onto the people you care about. I'm not good at that. There might be a nigga out there that will be cool with dealing with some shit like that and it'll roll off their back and they don't care if somebody tells them all types of X, Y's and Z's. But for me, there's only a certain level of that before I'm like, ah, right, you need to fix that shit because we're not going to start here and end here. I can't be with you for two years and you still doing the same toxic behavior you started with that we Ben said was toxic and you need to work on a fix. That ain't it. So, um, speaking of toxic, Tory Lanez, let's just get straight into it. Uh, knock this shit out. Tory Lanez decided that he thought it was a good idea to drop a 17 track album explaining the incident between him and Megan Thee Stallion and how he saw it. Anybody listen to the project? I ain't gonna hold you. I listen to like 10 records. Some of them shits are slappers. Can't lie, son. Gotta gotta keep it 100, son. I'm like, I see some of them shits killing the radio in a few weeks. Even though iTunes took that shit down the same day it was put up. That shit nah, was crazy. still there. Oh, still it's there? still there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Maybe, maybe like... A Wi-Fi situation happened, but okay. it's still there. Um, um, yeah, the 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 record that he got called "A Woman" I think is record number two. The nigga sounded like he was crying. There was a few records where he, the nigga said he loved it like four times. I was like, y'all. Was I in- don't think that shit will ever see radio. By the way, okay. I was like, y'all was in. Yeah, I don't think he's going to hit radio. I don't know about hit radio, but go ahead, this uh, I didn't know them niggas was in love, bro. The fuck? I was like, this nigga said he love her, like. First of all, Megan, we love you. You lied to us. Originally, you said you wasn't fucking with the nigga. Said you wasn't fucking with the homie. You was fucking with the homie. You you was fucking According with the According to him. <laughs> Listen, the flow. I don't know no nigga that's going to make these records. Talking about he loves Shorty. And Shorty didn't oh, have the slightest inclination know niggas. of I know niggas that back. be lying on bitches all the time. All the time, yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna go that far, distinguish. I don't. I don't doubt that they were really. They had a serious. Niggas wasn't deep. Niggas wasn't deep. Bro. But I don't know if it was that deep. But you know what? I will say this. Shout out to the nigga hustle mentality. Kudos to him for thinking for thinking of how he could capitalize off this whole situation, and how he could benefit from it. I still believe he should have released or did some type of live or something, just given the fans some level of explanation rather than just throwing out a record, making it seem like all you care about is that because that's what it comes down to. Like you, you don't have the decency to hop on live and talk to your fans. Like that's what people were looking forward to. Yeah. Niggas want the gossip. Sure. Whatever you can say that. But at the end of the day, it would just seem much more reasonable to hop on live, talk to your fans. So a little bit like, yo, I can't say much in person right now, but y'all could check out this project. I get into it on the project. You know, you know, I don't know how to do this whole public speech joint. I just like to have fun, and I want to, you know, I, I make the music like that, whatever, whatever. But 
I haven't listened to the whole project yet. I've only heard about five, six songs off of it so far. But you're right. Them joints, them joints low-key slap. I ain't going to hold it, you. That's it, bro. That's, that's all I'm saying, bro. It's knocking. A few of them shits is slapping. He was slapping. talking some shit, though. I ain't gonna, he was talking some shit. I ain't going to lie, though, too. I, I was talking to my little mm-hmm. cousin. Shout out to uh, Supreme. It's unfortunate that we live in a society, fellas. Controversy really sells, bro. This project, to me, is better than the last project. Unfortunately, this project, I was like, this nigga is snapping on In the Air, that record In the Air. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Jeez, boy. Yeah, I think um, niggas are slapping. He was. I mean, I'm not going to discredit his side of the story just because it's his side of the story. Some of the things he said kind of made me feel some type of way. I was just like, and then some of the things that that's happening with Meg and some of the new information that's popping out. I'm just like, he's not really bullshitting too much. Obviously, he's trying to protect his neck, but, you know, certain things kind of takes away some of the credibility from Meg a little bit for trying to drag out the situation. Regardless, he shouldn't have put himself in that predicament in, in the, the first place. In the first right, place. yeah, facts. So you, you, can't, you can't do nothing about that. My nigga, you still fired a gun in a car. Whether or not you were drunk, you were still reckless. You feel me? So you can't you can't beat around the bush. And then some of it, he's like, oh, he, he he's like he's trying to allude to the fact that it wasn't him. And I'm just like, playboy, playboy, playboy. If you did it, you did it. Just say that you were drunk and you made a mistake. Like that's a big mistake. That's a try to make it. That's a big mistake to make because I just I didn't see it initially. I just seen her foot. That picture of the foot is horrible, bro. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, what he did was wrong. You can't say that it wasn't wrong. I think Meg kind of dragged it out, saying he got she she got shot in both feet and all this extra. She shit. got shot in both. She, she she didn't get shot in both foot. Nah, she got grazed on one foot. There was a ricochet in one of her feet. But um, oh oh shit, um, Damn. it was still wrong of that nigga to be in the car with the gun, my nigga. Yeah, like, yeah. Why do you have your gun out? It doesn't matter what you could have been doing at that point in the time. Why the fuck you had your gun out? You know, holding it, whatever you were doing, and it's loaded, my nigga. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, like, I'm, I'm having a hard time uh, agreeing with with a lot of what y'all saying. Um, yeah, I, I do think sonically the project sounds uh, good. Sonically, it's probably his his uh, more cohesive work. I don't think Meg dragged it out. I think that if you get shot and it feels like it's in you you got hit in both your feet whether it ricocheted grazed you or not you're not gonna say i got shot in one foot and i got grazed in the other you're gonna say you got shot in both your feet so i don't think that she necessarily dragged it out i do think as you said Flo, i do agree with hearing just at least hearing what someone has to say in a scenario I don't think he said anything for me, me personally. I don't think he said anything that discredited what Meg said. I I heard a lot of contradictions on that project. I heard one one song where he's talking about, oh, I'm innocent. And why would they let me go free if I wasn't innocent? And then on the next song, the very next song, talking about I'm facing eight years. So if I don't get to see my, my kid again, you know, just let them know that I love them. If you innocent and you not worried about it, what you talking about? You facing eight 
and you may not see your kid again. You said you're innocent and you know you're innocent and there's proof to your side of the story. So that could have just, just been feel like- that could have just been him probably giving a different perspective on how he feels about it. Um no, he's saying he's saying he's innocent when it comes to the Meg situation, but he still has a charge for a gun. For Re- a gun. Re- regardless, oh, okay. you yeah. talking about your good. You're you're mixing too many things. Oh, he's not good, sir. That nigga is going to go to jail. I, I, exactly. Ain't so, no being around the bush with that. I just think that there was a lot of contradictions in there. I think he spoke about a lot of things and he all he did, in my opinion, bro, is took all the conspiracies that were on the internet and threw it in, in one project. He talked about this happened because of his masters. He talked about uh, what, what was the other conspiracy floating around about him that he put, oh, the Kylie Jenner situation. That He just took every conspiracy that every internet troll put out there and put it on a project, and it just sounded good. And there's a me, there's a cartoon, rather, by Justin Richburg that says everything. It, it has Riley talking to Tory Lanez, and Riley is like, all you got to do is make a slapping project and everybody's going to forgive you. And that's exactly what happened. I think that shit is kind of corny that everybody now is like softened up because he said he didn't do it and put out 17 tracks about my thing is this on both sides of it. The entire situation itself is dragged out. I'm not going to say what Meg said. Her account is dragged out. I'm not going to totally discredit Tori, but this drip drip of information is starting to feel like a soap opera. Either y'all niggas can talk about this or y'all can't talk about can't. it. And I, just I, leave I'm it I'm at in that. With that. So, uh, so I got a question. So if he's facing eight years, what specifically is the charge? What is the charge? He had a prior gun charge already. Oh, shit. And then he, he fired another weapon in a car. It's reckless endangerment. Oh, so shit. At the end of the day, you know, or it can even be assault, depending on if Meg fully goes through pressing charges. And they do prove that he actually was the one who fired the gun. If he was the one who fired the gun, and it's proven that he is he is the one, because according to what they're saying, they didn't find no residue on him or anything like that. So um, he might be innocent, or that, that charge might not be placed against him for shooting Meg. But regardless, he still had a gun that he's not permitted to have. And that is still a case. I think the question, I think the the question that arises is why does Meg, why does Meg feel adamant that he shot her, and why is he saying he did it? That is the question that needs to be answered. Uh, yeah, that that's never that going to be. I don't know if that's going to be answered until we right hear from until we hear from the bodyguard or the best friend. The story is never going to be patched up because he's going to defend his innocence and and um his innocence, and Meg is going to continue. She already started on that path of saying he did it, so she's going to stick to her story. She definitely and sticking it's to it. Come down to, of course, but I, I think say. again, I don't know if that's a, I don't know, man. I get it. People do lie every day. People in general, um, I just, I just don't really see why that would be the thing to lie about and feel adamant about someone doing. And I don't, I don't really see somebody going on live. I don't really see somebody making that allegation and it not being true. Um, I'm just saying the missing piece of the puzzle for the public is why is she saying specifically he shot her 
And why is he saying, no, I didn't? There's a missing piece of the puzzle there. Is it she saw him? She had eyes on him. I, as I was walking away, I looked back and I saw him or I heard him. There was a, a article out talking about he said dance bitch before he shot. So is, is that true? Like nobody knows what the fuck is true. So I think that in in that right. instant, I don't find it funny, but I think that in, in that instant. I'm sorry, bro. That's hilarious. Bro. I don't find it funny. That's bitch before he shot us up. That. Listen, man, That's, if that was your daughter or cousin or... Yo, I would have still laughed, bro. I would have been like, the nigga you. really nah. said that? Because he would have been that Wait, ridiculous. did he rap it or did he, dead, or did he sing it? <laughs> You're fucking dead. Nah, I would have definitely found it hilarious, bro. I would have found it... Listen, my, my sense of humor is like that, but... I would say this. I don't think y'all will find it funny. I think it's removed from y'all, so it's it it's laughable to y'all. I never heard that I, shit though. That I, this is my first time hearing this shit. God damn it! Well, Complex had Ooh. reported that he said "dance bitch" before he he supposedly shot, according to somebody close to the, to the report. Um, I I I have. I look at it like this, bro, and I think sometimes X, you give these people too much credit, bro. Who People am I giving credit to? People have a lot at stake. I, I feel like you're you're giving too much credit at the fact that you don't think that they could really make this shit fraudulent, bro. At the end of the day, they have a lot to lose, my nigga. Whatever story they want to push forward, it's in their best interest. These but are their, why these put are the their story careers. forward in the first place is my point. Because if, it's meant... It's, drama is drama, bro. Like, what yeah, but there's any, any storyline that could have came from that night that would have caused just as much drama that has nothing to do with someone being shot. It, there's out there's evidence of her foot like no nah, she she got shot who who they're pointing at who they're choosing to blame it on is what the narrative is going to run with she got shot there's no denying that she got shot whether ricochet whatever i don't she was i'm, shot I'm sorry I, yeah we're going to disagree on that they're, i'm not giving anybody more credit than they need to if the like, why would you think that she would say she got shot? People do that, bro. The president of our country fronted on a fucking pandemic. Sure, if that's not okay. Niggas cool, for you for, for understood. Random shit, but I don't know what you think. I, what I'm asking do. you is, what is your evidence? That's what I'm saying. I don't need evidence, bro. It's, you do. It's just you do. We have move. evidence of the president doing the fraudulent thing. We have him on tape. How long did he What's lie your about evidence it though, bro? regarding? How long Meg? did he lie about it though? Three months. How long do you think lied? He thought I of, think Meg won't front on it for a little bit too. I'm not discrediting the fact that she got shot. I'm just saying that she has her reasons for blaming who she wants to blame. Okay, that's so what, what is your evidence? That's what I'm asking you. We have evidence I of the president. I don't have the evidence. All right, Look, then. It so took that's my Mad point. Long for the evidence to come forward. There, there is no evidence to come forward. It's perspectives right now. We're we're talking about two different. We're talking about one man saying he didn't do it, but he's not presenting any evidence. So if you didn't do something. And you had proof and evidence of it. Why would you not present it? Why would you make an album? That's the question you got to ask. Make their money, bro. Why are we talking about money? If you have proof, you didn't do something, and you said you were going to present it. Why would you not present it? Why would you present an album? That's in order to make money off of the situation. Why that's not you proof. Make money off so then you're not you're not adding proof to the conversation. That they that would lead to. me to believe. Yes, you would. What are you talking about? You are being why? why 
Why would it if I'm if I could drag this out and make money off of it, whether or not I'm going to go to court or not? Why wouldn't I make money off? of Because it? one, the money that you're making right now is a one shot. It's the same thing with Takashi. Takashi's not going to make money ever again the way he was making it before. If he goes to jail, he's not going to make money either. Any, anyway, so Ex- why wouldn't I want to make the money now? So then if you're going to jail, that means that you did it. That's what my that's what I'm saying to you. He has a pending charge besides this regardless. OK, so either he, way, he we all know that the gun charge can get thrown out or he's not getting eight years for that. We know that he's a celebrity. True. He's not, he not getting get that. Years. So I think that argument is, is null and void. The point of the, the point of the matter know. is you are a black man being accused of shooting a black woman for nothing. If you have proof against that, especially in this climate, then why would you not present that? If that's what you're claiming you have, I have proof I didn't do it. You talking about money, you talking about all other shit that got nothing to do with him having proof he didn't do it. They're going to drag, bro. We're talking like these niggas ain't out here to make money, bro. Because it's Money is one thing, bro. But if you can make money for uh, one Friday and then never make money again because you're talking about you have this, this, that, and a third and you never presented it, I don't think that that works out in anybody's favor. Yeah, I don't think the industry really is built that way. But he's not part of the industry. He's independent. This is all his team. It's, it's, it's It's still marketability, bro. Whether or not this thing goes left or right, he still has to secure the fact that he can make some money off of the situation. They can't just stop and wait and see how things figure itself out. Momentum is being lost. He has, has to nothing to do momentum. with stopping anything. You're already in it, so there's no stopping none of it. You either you either change course in terms of what's happening because your money is getting stopped regardless. So, I mean, doing a project, yeah, people ran to it. I'm sure streaming numbers did well. And now you look like a clown. And you look like even more of a clown than before this whole shit started. So, I think he still made some bread off of it, though. And I think that's but what But is wanted. bread more than your morals, bro? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking okay. about the industry with niggas sell their souls, my nigga. You think morals have a motherfucking thing to do with this? Okay. These niggas don't give a we, fuck we about We on different morals, sides bro? of the coin there. Because I definitely I- think... That in order to keep your fans, in order to keep your connections, in order to keep everything that you've built, you have to stand on something. You can't just at the drop of the hat, flip, flop. One one day you talking in the whole project, you talking about protect black women. But in the one half of the project, you coming at every black woman you just worked with. Let's so, just, let's let's look at it like this, bro. Takashi went from being a real nigga before he went to jail to He was never a real nigga. A he rat. was only a real nigga to niggas that are 15 and under. Nobody the ever seen is, him as a real his nigga. Image, his image was portraying that. He went to jail and came back out and endorsed the fact that he's a rat. Something that a year and a half ago, he would have disgusted himself on. So if that doesn't show you that niggas will flip the story... In order to capitalize off the situation, I don't know what else to tell you, bro. I'm not saying it people don't do that, but what happens when they do it? It doesn't matter. These it does matter. Time, time <laughs> is limited for them, bro. Either way, this nigga's career was going down the pipe. He could have come back from this, bro. So they're not coming back. So for you, that justifies, let me make a quick buck. That's all you can do, bro. 
What was he supposed to do then? Sit back and wait for it to play out and not make no money off of it? He got a family to feed. Listen. This this is the bro. People do wacky shit, X. I'm not saying people don't, but you're missing the point. If you're claiming innocence, then you're in a weird space with this. You're if if you're not claiming innocence, cool. I hear what you're saying. If it was like Takashi where he was like, nah, he flipped and said, No, I am a woman beater. I do shoot women. I'm I'm saying this on the project. Then I hear what you're saying. This is his last money grab. Got it. Nobody's going to say that, though, right? <laughs> Bro, in every in every scandal that you see now, which one of them haven't capitalized off the scandal? R. Kelly did it, capitalized off the scandal, even though that nigga knew he was going to go to jail, even though we all knew this shit was going down the pipe. That nigga still jumped on a fucking show and cried in front of us and put the whole nine yards, and the nigga's still in jail. That doesn't Cap- necessarily mean that, that he got money off of that. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. how, how, do you yeah, know if he got money over that? You think he did it, bro? Do you? Do you? Are you honestly going to tell me Arkin made no bread over this whole time? You think he, he got paid for that interview? That's what I'm he asking. Did it for you. free? He could have. You talking about if if you're talking about <laughs> yo? You which one? Which side of the fence are you on, bro? If it's that last money grab, you don't think he's doing it for free? You think Gail and them? Why would? Why would I do it for free if it is my last money grab? Because nobody nobody wants to book R. Kelly. They didn't care. They was dragging him through the mud. You, that Gail, you know how much views that Gail shit got? I'm sure it did. What I'm saying you is they have well the leverage. You know how R. Kelly did? They had the leverage. Name? They don't need to offer him bread. That's what I'm saying. You can't. He could have sued them for defamation of character. No, he could Because it's public record. They can't sue somebody for public record, bro. You can sip the cup slow. Uh, you can't but sue nobody come for that. And talk about a pending case on camera. No, they didn't talk about pending cases. They talked about thing. They talked about cases that were already either uh, what you call it mitigated or that they had their own opinion on. But that was already public record. Is what I'm saying to you. Once something, <clears throat> if I get. Charged with something, even though I'm not indicted, it's public record. So if somebody decides they want to come and speak about said case, they can do that. They can't say I can't speak about it because it's not in my best interest. Sometimes the judge will put a gag order on the people like they did to Roger Stone. But if somebody has whatever allegation on me, they can choose to speak about it. It just goes into public record now. And that could be used against them. Alright, bro. You could you gotta jump in this conspiracy bag sometimes, bro. Cause some of the things you could if you keep thinking that way, a lot of times these people do things and honestly, bro, is there's someone making bread off of it. And at the end of the day, if you're gonna take my name down with you, my friend, I'm gonna get some money off of it. Trust and believe. And I it don't just think sounds like y'all are. It just sounds like y'all are more comfortable with the idea of him making money off of it, uh, as opposed to somebody's daughter being shot. And that's the wild part to me. Y'all What's haven't mentioned wild? that one time about y'all. And you think right Meg now, isn't sound- making money off of this situation? You think Meg is not benefiting from this either? 
You think Meg is just doing? You don't this think for she's also get... losing inf- losing money? How? I don't she think Meg. Do I don't think Meg is losing. That... I don't think Meg is losing no money. For the longest time, she couldn't. Well, not the, for about a month. She had to take off of the tours that she had set up. She was doing the digital tours before she got shot. She had to stop, and then she was able to do them again. So you don't think that money is being lost? You don't think that some of the I'm the photo shoot she had lined up, she had to reschedule? I think we're, we're talking about two separate things. You're talking about capitalizing off of a scenario. No, you're, we're talking about making money. And you said that off she's making scenario, money. Off the scenario, X. Off the scenario. You can't, but I'm you can't saying that a bag was also lo- lost. So wh- yeah, where do you, you think... Can't do not- you can't do nothing about it. I'm talking about... Tory taking advantage of the scenario at hand. But you have to weigh out. This is the point I'm making. You have to weigh out how much money is lost from the things that could have been done regularly without this scandal versus whatever money you think that they're making off of the scandal. But the scandal already happened. You can't do nothing about the scandal. You can't you, you can't can. go back into the you, past. You can mitigate it to a certain degree. But why if it's already a scandal? Because when it when it originally happened. Nobody wanted to talk about it. It would have just been done. And then he would have made no money off of something that he could have capitalized on and try to make something off if his name was. But that's my point. Anyway. Why would you choose shooting somebody to capitalize He's not on? Shoot- Bro, he already did it. I'm not. What I'm telling you is that I'm not disagreeing with the fact that he did it. He did it. It's done. I'm it not happened. saying that you are. But my point still stands. Why are why are you choosing shooting somebody as the thing you want to capitalize off of? Because if you, how else is he going to make his money, bro? It you don't matter. To, At this point, you didn't fucked up. That's it. it you th- fucked so up. So why wouldn't you want to still make some? So you're telling me after you fuck up, you're supposed to tuck your tail and go run out. And it run depends away on what I'm away? fucking up about. If I fuck up and oh, and, no. and God forbid. Never would happen to me, but if I go and rape a girl and then I'm gonna make a 17 track album about how I raped her, come on, bro, that's what I'm saying. Like if you, you, you have to pick and ch- you, you can't, you can't say everything is yes, everything is monetizable, but your morals have to come in at some point. If these you, if, if you're no cool morals, with that, bro. Then, I was about to say some right, of these, bro, some of these rapping niggas ain't got no morals, bro. That's what I'm trying. No, so X wants no, right, no, but y'all, y'all do have morals, and y'all are justifying. I yeah, it. I got morals. I'm justif- because I'm talking about money making situations for them. I'm not talking about what I would do. I'm just explaining how these niggas possibly think. R. Kelly don't, was don't, in hot don't water. Intertwine my personal morals with these niggas' personal morals, nigga. You know me. R. Kelly. So what you I'm saying. Intertwine the same. R. Kelly was in hot water. Y'all, is, y'all not. Y'all. Y'all not. Y'all haven't cleared that stance. On the podcast. Man, I don't give a fuck about Tory Lanez. What the fuck <laughs> this nigga want to do in his life? I'm just saying that this wacky ass nigga trying to make some money off the situation. Nigga, I, going I off. That, that, that's totally different. You weren't saying that, though, is what I'm saying to My you. My nigga X, you know me, bro. Yeah, you're you not talking to me, fuck. though. You're talking to a fucking oh. 100 people that listen to us fucking Y'all weekly, bro. Listen, D Flow has high fucking morals. I could give a fuck less what Tory Lanez finna do with his fucking life. And Megan, y'all could take it how the fuck y'all want it. These niggas ain't paying my fucking bills. I'm just letting y'all know how I perceive what they're doing. If that's a clarity that I have to heard present. you. What so were you that, saying? That's how, that's how it goes. Now, I was gonna say. I was gonna say a lot. A, a lot. Of, a lot of what D Flow said. I agree with it. That's how when it comes to certain conversations like this, 
it don't make no point for me to say nothing because I already know where I'm at. If I was on XAB side, nigga, I'd have been talking to XAB shit and D would have been getting clowned, would have been getting uh would have been getting jumped. But R. Kelly, when R. Kelly first knew that the beginning of the end was coming for him, the nigga put out a fuck. Well, it was like a 12-minute record on how he was molested at eight years old or some shit. He made money he off that record, that. son. He definitely made them streams, nigga, on, on SoundCloud, nigga. It was you don't get money off streams of SoundCloud. Well, yeah, you don't get no money off SoundCloud. He got, he got views when the no record came out. Made and I was like, oh, Kelly put out a 12-minute record on how he was molested and niggas listened to it. We all listened to the record. He made some type uh, of money. Of course people are going to listen to whatever you put out. I don't think... And the, I don't and, really think that that's and the, the And the interview with Gail, he definitely you. made money off that. Definitely. That was one of her biggest interviews of her whole fucking career. Clean, easy, what we talking about? What are we talking about? Right, Y'all would just have to present me with the proof of that because I don't really necessarily think that they paid him to go on there. I don't, I don't need to see the proof. That's what I feel in my heart. I don't need to see no proof. Nick, yeah, I, I mean, he couldn't bail himself out when he went to jail. So if he really made a bag off this interview, you don't think he'd be able to bail himself I don't out? Think, like, I don't think on. the money was big enough for the bail. I, I'm just saying they, he made that, money. If they were to, if they was to pay too. him, it would be enough for bail. The bail was but he like... he was also paying mad bread for lawyers and shit like that, too, bro. bro. y'all... <laughs> y'all are, uh, are adding a lot to the pot that isn't there. We have we we we, we we have we that have a strong difference of opinion. These things, bro. And my stance is staying where the fuck is at. It's <laughs> staying right there. I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that I don't. I'm not saying that what X is saying is wrong. You know. All I'm saying is that people will try to capitalize whether or not it's a good or bad situation. Morals have nothing to do with it. It's not just about Tory. You feel me? Like Tory and Meg have entire teams surrounding them. Like everybody's trying to point out what the best scenario is. It's not. It's not foreign or or weird for one of his team members to be like, "Yo, my nigga, like this ship is sinking, bro. We might as well try to get something out of it before it hits the bottom of the sea." That's all I'm saying. I'm like, not that's- saying that that's not a thought. I I hear y'all. It's just the way y'all presenting it. I mean, especially like in the middle of like laughing at this chick getting shot. It sounds like y'all think what he did. Is just justifiable solely because he's getting bread from it. That, that's all I'm, I'm not saying. saying that it's justifiable. I'm laughing at the commentary that came with that. In no way, shape, or form am I laughing at Megan getting shot. I'm laughing at the statement. It's a hilarious statement. Dance bitch. Like, that to me is hilarious. Am I laughing because Megan got shot? No. I never did. I would never proceed to feel like it's funny for a woman to get shot. It's just hilarious that it was said. If he really did say that, that is wild. I would say. find that hilarious. That's mad wild. If we saw that shit in a movie, y'all niggas would laugh. Not because it's real life. That means we have to perceive it differently. I would definitely be laughing. If you're watching a movie and this happened, you would be like, "Oh shit!" That nigga nah, really there's, said there's that. a complete laugh. difference between something we all know is fabricated versus somebody doing some shit like that in real life. If and I saw somebody know, in the street, fabricated either. You said what? I said, how do we know this is not fabricated? So we could let's not let's not act like we don't know how these things go. What part is not fabricated? Meg got shot, X. God damn it, bro. She got shot. We know she got shot. Everything I'm else for, is in for, limbo. So what, you're saying that their stories are fabricated? I'm saying Megan got shot. Everything else is in limbo. 
Who shot Meg? We don't know. Tory said he ain't do it. We don't know. Right. At the end, of that that's the reality. That's the hard reality. Obviously, he's not indicted for it yet. So we don't know. I hear you. So Joe Joe Budden has announced that he is releasing the Joe Budden Network, which seems to be a series of content pieces such as podcasts like his own. And he has another one called See the Thing Is with Bridget Kelly, Mandy from Horrible Decisions and Olivia Dope, who is a DJ from the New York scene who has been DJing for a very long period of time. Um do you think it might have been too soon to launch seeing as, you know, he left Spotify and then Charlemagne had released his Black Effect? Or do you think this is appropriate timing? This is, is this is just dumb now, bro. This is just what Joe Budden, what the fuck? First of all, all of this again, we said this, I think the episode before last, Joe Budden and Charlemagne should have come together because now what you're going to do, you're going to force us now as the viewers and as a podcast to look at both platforms and be like, this is what this one does. This is what this one lacks. This is why we're going with A. This is why we're never going to B. That's what you're forcing us to do. So because I'm a competition nigga, I'm going to just say it like this. May the best podcast network win. Because that's what it's going to come. We, we can't have both. We can have both in theory. Like, you're going to exist. But we can't have both. Like, they, they can only be one number one. And one of your podcast networks is going to be number one. And then somebody's going to have to take the number two spot. Who will that be? Only time is going to tell. Good luck to you, brothers. It's like, a, it's like a dick measuring contest. We don't care at this point. Hopefully the content's mm-hmm. good. I agree. Shout out to Mandy getting the bag from both. I was of just them. about to say, Mandy out here not <laughs> fucking playing no games. Okay. Facts, bro. Shout out to her and, and the horrible decision. Shit. Um, Get your money. I don't know, bro. I think it's a little bit. I think it's a little bit rushed. It seems a little bit rushed, at least. I, um, I feel the same way. Yeah, I don't feel like it. Uh, it maybe maybe we don't. Maybe he has more other podcasts that he's not bringing to the light yet. Yeah, cause nah. But, well, um, he he ain't got us, so he definitely. I don't know what he's doing over there. He, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. A nigga needs to come through. I don't know what he's doing. These conversations, there. right? Stop fucking around. Exactly. Bring dad ass and both ass on board. But it seemed a little <laughs> bit haphazard. I think. I mean, not say haphazard. It seemed a little bit rushed because it, it feels like he just threw it up because he needed something to counteract the black podcast network. But um. Uh yeah, I don't I don't think he should have rushed it. I think he should have waited. But I think he needed to do it because in order for his podcast to run it made sense that you know, he launched it underneath a new network, but he could have kept it silent for a little bit until he built up the catalog to like really push it and let it compete. This would have been like a good little Christmas gift, but now we got I agree. but but now we got to get the shit for what's the next holiday coming up? Halloween. <laughs> Columbus Day. Columbus Day. Yeah, I mean, I think that it, from what it seems like, it does seem to be a little lacking in terms of how many shows he has compared to Charlemagne. Charlemagne has about twenty shows, I think, that they're launching with. Sheesh. But I think it's more Is than that. that. I think it's just twenty, like twenty mainstream shows that already have shown success, and then. 
They might have a bunch of other shows with it, but it's at least 20 shows that he's launching 20 with. is a lot to launch. God damn. That's a, that's a lot. I mean, but again, these shows already existed, so he's just bringing them on there. Okay. Like horrible decisions. big shows like Drink Champs and all that. Horrible decisions. Horrible like, decisions. These shows already existed, so all I'm sure a lot of these things, are, uh, a lot of these contracts are pretty much just continue to record how you've been recording. And we'll supplement X, Y, and Actually, Z. And we'll do promotion. I, I just thought about this. To be honest, we already know who number one is going to be. Joe Budden podcast might be a better podcast. Some people might debate. Might be a better podcast than the Brilliant Idiots. But Charlemagne the God has the biggest reach outside of the podcast. as Just as Charlemagne. His reach Yo, is huge. And he's promoting that shit hard. That's what I'm saying, bro. bro. Yeah, but I think... Uh, I. I think it kind of goes back to if you want to bring Brilliant Idiots versus Joe Budden podcast into the mix. Joe Budden superseded the Brilliant Idiots because the content was just better. So you may not have as many, but if the Joe Budden network has better shows on it, you don't need 20 shows. You might need a good 10 solid shows that come on throughout the week that have better content than... Mm. 50 shows on the other joint so i think that that's kind of what joe is going for too is very being very meticulous with the uh shows he's adding to his network not just grabbing every show that already exists it seems like maybe this is all original content too maybe he's trying to do original shows he's not trying to grab things that people are already aware of maybe Charlemagne already grabbed the shows that he was interested in working with so i don't know I'm I'm in limbo. I do agree with you in terms of like they should have come together. It probably would have been the biggest thing. Oh, it, yeah, it, they would have gave a run solid. to all Spotify, all of it. They would have had a run for their money if they would have came together. That's a fact. But yeah, I could agree with that. Just like that. just like D Flow was echoing a few moments ago. All this fucking shit boils down to money. God damn it! All of this shit, man. Yeah. I don't think I mean, that's sh- actually the case. I think that there's a difference in opinion here that stopped them from coming together. Yeah, I think Joe Budden... I don't think for Joe it's about the bag. At least it's it's not a a big part of the reason why. Because obviously if you wanted to do a partnership with another major distributor, I highly doubt that would have been an issue for him. He could have went to Apple and pitched the, pitched the, 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 the podcast to Apple. He and they still to were going to give him money on Spotify. It wasn't like yeah. they, they didn't plan to give they just wanted to own all of his ip all of his yeah so i think for joe i think he expressed and i I watched that one that showed that that episode where he's just like listen i just want to have the freedom to do what i want to do and not have to worry about someone trying to control my content and i think that's very important for him so i think going with iheart is no different than linking up with spotify because at the end of the day although Charlemagne has a situation our heart is still the the distributor and the one who controls everything so obviously you still got to answer to someone i think with joe's situation you know he's doing what he wants to do and he's putting out his own situation it might it's funny because he might be doing this and he might still make more money than Charlemagne, if that makes sense he might not have the same amount of reach obviously he doesn't have the same type of machine behind him but because he controls all of his content and he does, he could get to decide what he does with that content, he will ultimately make more money in the long run. And it's the slow and steady wins the, wins the race. It might not 
seem like he's going to make the bag right now. But if, again, his shows prove to be more entertaining than the Black Effect Podcasting Network, give it three years because that's exactly what happened to Brilliant Idiots. Brilliant Idiots and and the Joe Budden podcast are very, very similar. Very similar. However, the content is delivered way better on the Joe Budden podcast. And that just is because of the personalities and it feels a little bit more, I think, like the block for some people or like how their friends actually sit around and talk with with the brilliant idiots. It just sounds a little bit more like this white guy and this black guy sit down and they try their hardest to say the wildest shit ever with Joe Budden and them. It's like, yo, everybody's just shitting, sitting and talking and funny things are just being said and funny opinions are thrown out there. And you just feel like you're part of the conversation. So I think, I mean, Brilliant Idiots gives you a little bit of that feel. But after a while, if you want to get the same content pieces, if you want to hear about Trump only having to pay seven fifty in taxes, at some point you like, that's yo. That's wild. We're not going gonna, gonna to brush past that. That's wild. <laughs> we'll get to that after. But you, you would want, you probably, after a while, you start to be like, yo, I want to hear that from Joe as opposed to I want to hear that from Charlemagne. And Andrew, and if the same effect kind of happens in terms of these networks, then Charlemagne might be in some trouble. Yeah, and I uh, think what, one thing I have to give Joe credit for, and I think one thing that I realize with podcasting is that a lot of people listen to your podcast because they respect your opinion, or their your opinion more so aligns with their perspective on how they look at things already, and they so, like your energy. That's and the they like your energy, yeah. That's the reason why I think a lot of these networks that are launching, like Spotify, Apple, Amazon, too. Shout out uh, to Amazon Music. Thank you. All of them have the podcasting game fucked up. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They keep making these podcasts that surround celebrity identities, thinking that that's going to be the money bag or that's going to be the content piece. And that's not why people go to podcasts. That's not the culture of podcasting. So when you put uh, some random person, you put The Rock on a podcast and you give him $400 million to do it because you think he's The Rock and everybody and podcasting is new and everybody wants to run to it. That's not why people run the podcast. They run to the read and things like that for exactly what you said, Flo, because they're getting personalities that they are aligned with and maybe they have never seen on mainstream anything and now they hear about this personality on this podcast that they listen to on a weekly basis and they get these opinions and they feel like they're in the room with these people and they're they're having a conversation with them um and the 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 show itself is what brings people to it not so much if you just throw a celebrity and call it a podcast and have them talk about stupid shit, because I don't honestly don't give a fuck with, I like the rock as a, as a star, but unless he's doing an interview, I don't want to hear from the rock every week about his latest opinions on movies in the industry. And, fuck out and of it. it doesn't seem real too, because at the end of the day, they're in the industry. We don't know what, you know, we don't know who's, you know, behind closed doors, letting them influence your decisions. The reason why podcasts like ours or podcasts like The Read or even why Joe Budden is so loved because it, it, it the opinion seems to come from a more genuine place. You feel me? Where 
they they don't agree. They have just like we we have disagreements, and the disagreements are legit. We're not doing it for we're not doing it for hype. We're literally sitting here giving our honest opinions and mm-hmm. how we look at things, and people could sense that. People could tell that. At the end of the day, it doesn't benefit us personally to talk about celebrities. We're just sitting here giving our honest opinions and how as to what is being presented. And I think that's what people pay attention to. They might listen to the podcast. They might come to dads and both dads and be like, yo, I really fuck with X. I like the way he presents his arguments. Or they might be like, I really fuck with Distinguished. He's transparent. He, mm-hmm. The way he presents his emotions, I really fuck with that. You feel me? I really fuck with that nigga D-Flow. He be doing saying silly shit. Like all these things make people identify and be like, yo, I could see myself in that person. I would have said some shit like that myself. Like these are the things that the people, a, a real person, someone who really listens to podcasts enjoys. And at the end of the day on a something like this, if I don't agree with X, I'm going to say I don't agree with X. Meanwhile, if I'm on a show with The Rock, <laughs> I might hesitate whether or not I want to tell The Rock I don't agree with him. Right. You feel me? Like, it's you know, a bit of a hesitation. I mean, it's funny because I've been, as we've been doing this journey of kind of connecting with different networks and having different people kind of add us to their roster, uh, certain opportunities, I've been searching for, like, what is our identity that differentiates us from what else is out there because clearly there is a joe button podcast clearly there is a brilliant idiots clearly there is a read and all of these different uh setups that can be seen as similar and i mean i have my answer but i want to know what you guys think is the differentiating factor about this show i mean for me for me personally again i've said it time and time again you know we got a major blessing from a man who is no longer here physically, but that man, Combat Jack, from the Combat Jack show, told us to do three things, and that's what we've been doing on a regular daily basis with this podcast. Even when we didn't do a fucking podcast season for like a year back in, I think, 2017, my man told us to be consistent, be brutally honest, and be original. And I feel like the takeaway is the originality like we found different ways throughout the years to diversify how we disseminate the podcast we've established our show that we do here and then we release the episode a day after obviously we do our uh two live crew which is something that's brand new but we were already utilizing our office space to do our shows regularly um and then we also added um parts of the show that give a different feel to it so we've added our tailor cut reviews where we did break down music videos and you know at some point we're going to get into breaking down um movies and probably even also commercials and how people are advertising to their consumers but we've added different aspects to the show that don't that don't just put us in a box most of the other podcasts that I've seen that I've listened to that you've put me onto XAB, some of the ones that I've, you know, just um, randomly just listened to, they don't do half as much as we do in terms of trying to find different ways to create different versions of themselves within the podcast. Because mm-hmm. when I think of the Joe Budden podcast, I just think of three dudes, like you said, on the block. But I don't think of mm-hmm. niggas 
uh, outside of that, doing, um, doing, uh, doing rallies and doing marches. Mm. We do that on a podcast. You know, making you know funny, silly ass videos here and there. We do that on a podcast. You know, um, the two live crew. You know, we do that. Like they don't have to me. Our diversity screams on a podcast without us having to say we we are a diverse podcast. Mm. I think the other ones they play it safe. As the flow said about me, you know, this platform has allowed me to even become more transparent this year than any year that we've ever done the podcast. The shit I'm saying in 2020 on this podcast, I would have never said this in 2016. Right. But I've said it now. Flo, how about you? What do you what do you think is the differentiating factor? I think distinguish it the nail on the head. I think um we're all good friends. We're all really cool with each other. We're all intertwining each other's personal lives. Mm-hmm. And um, we have three separate types of personalities. Um, all of us have different opinions. All of us, you know, we tend to agree on the same thing sometimes, but a lot of times we, we have our own opinions. We have our own beliefs. And a lot of times what y'all get is what we would have had a conversation about in private. Mm-hmm. You feel me? That's the conversation fact. isn't that different. That's a fact. It's not that different. So a lot of the times when y'all hear our conversations, this is would have been it would have been no different if we were on the phone talking and, and laughing and, and making a scene about certain things. Make it worse if we're in person. Because it would have been, it would've been real bad. It been real I, bad. I guess that's why the live shows work so well. Yeah, because I forgot our about the live shows. Are always hilarious and and laughing and and making fun and when the conversation gets real it gets real and we're all we're all intelligent enough to know that when it's time for us to get into a deep conversation we could do that as well so and and also i think one of the biggest things for me is um we grow and we we know how to piggyback off each other so you know we 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 know how to like kind of bounce information off each other and and just really you know rely on you know listening to one another and being like all right well i could see your point that's also the friendship coming because we could also sit here and be like i might not agree with you but i see your point Mm -hmm. you feel me and we could grow from that because a lot of times there's a lot of conversations that we've had that i've grown from that showed that made me change my mind and be like you know what this nigga is right (laughs) let me not argue with this nigga no more because what he's saying is actually facts that's just how it goes. So, yeah, I think that's what separates us from a lot of people. I think our listeners hear that level of genuine conversation. I think that that last word you used is is one of the pieces that um, I find to be our main stake. I think the thing that kind of really sets us apart is genuine. I think, the as, as everybody's mentioned, the friendship is genuine. Um, and some people may kind of consider that to be in line with the Joe Budden podcast, which I, I would agree. Yeah, our, I think our friendship is on the same level as their friendship in terms of they really are cool with one another. We're really cool with each other. And so when we're on the podcast, the way we con- we converse with one another, the way we talk is no different. You're literally getting that genuine, raw, authentic identity. Obviously, we're not the same characters as that show. Um, but... In that way, there there could be a similarity in terms of a genuine friendship. I think where the difference is, 
truly is one um, that we are a little bit more in tune with tackling the political aspect of things. So social justice, as you said, you're we've been involved in a bunch of different aspects of it on the front ground. And I think that that right there is the most important piece that separates us from things like Joe Budden and Charlemagne's podcast is we're not in the main, main industry like that where we're concerned about what's happening in that aspect of things. We are still kind of with the people. And so we give the same opinions and the same conversations that people on the block are having, that people uh, in offices are having, that people are having on the phone. And this just, as you said before, kind of diversifies their conversation as well because they they might align themselves with Distinguish and how Distinguish presents himself and how Distinguish talks. But they might come to find that they like how XAB does this, that, and a third. Or they might uh, feel more comfortable with flow and, and feel like they're more of a flow type of dude but then they hear how distinguishes and they grow from that. And I think that one of the differences is our ability to grow on the show. That's something that I don't see other shows uh, really have where you can kind of see the opinions formulate and then get a little bit more sophisticated and people grow from their previous stances um, and things like that. And I mean, of course, there's also the personalities. You can't recapture personalities. So. What's on one show, you can never recapture in another show. But um, but yeah, I, I think that there is uh, interesting value to this show that people get that they don't get from all of the other setups that are similar to like Jesus and Miro. Jesus and Miro are mostly funny, silly, and they crack jokes through the whole show. You got Joe Budden in them and they are funny, silly, but they they try to stay in music and entertainment and when something political does happen, they're very surface level on it. You got the brilliant idiots who kind of do the cultural diversity uh, play and are funny and silly. And us, I don't think I wouldn't necessarily say that we try to be funny and silly. I just think our conversations are naturally that. And I think that we, of course, mix the candy with the medicine, which we we've been saying is our steez for the longest time. So. Um, definitely interesting. Trump definitely only paid seven fifty, uh, in taxes. Insane, my nigga. I I think I paid over that one year. <laughs> like <laughs> this nigga only paid seven fifty. He's a millionaire. The average supposed the, to be a billionaire. The average nigga is not paying seven fifty. So for the for the listeners who think Bro, you that's make regular, more than thirty k a year. You're paying more. You're paying way more than seven hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> bro. No, what I mean, what I meant by that is I had to pay back after taxes. You know, you know when you get your taxes back. Oh, okay. I had to pay over seven fifty back to the government. Oh, that's wild. Is what I'm saying. Bro, Trump would have to pay millions of dollars, bro. This Clean. nigga makes millions he's a millionaire, of dollars. right? He owes, he owes the even with LLCing and personal business, he owes at least thirty percent of his income to taxes, bro. Even if you funk, even if you put off your in, expenses and all that shit. If he made $30 million and $10 million of that goes to taxes, even if he had, there's no way that nigga had $9 million 
fucking nine hundred and ninety nine. You don't even got to do the math, bro. No, no, no like, amount of math <laughs> would would ever <laughs> equate to him 750. doing seven fifty. You would it, at minimum, and this is impossible. It would be hundreds of thousands of dollars every time. So no, this bad. nigga is clearly on some other shit, and he does this while presenting. The platinum plan to black people. Yeah, I peeped which that. He I claims. I hold you though. I, I need his accountant though. I'm gonna need to Hollis. <laughs> I need his level of accountants around me, but that's all I'm gonna say. Listen, no, I, the funny part is this nigga will probably still never see jail because of it. And that's the funny part. And, and that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. That is. Because Wesley Snipes got cooked out. Wesley Snipes got cooked out, brother. Bro, that nigga t- owed what three million or some shit. <laughs> bro, like and then and then and then he really that nigga and, went to and he jail, went to prison, bro. bro. He went to prison for two to three years. Shit, crazy, bro. They said, "Oh, word, you're not gonna give us this money, nigga. Facts. You're gonna give us this money in time." Facts, facts. <laughs> you gonna give them niggas in jail money and dick? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> <laughs> and Wesley this and Wesley was probably a dick nigga and Wesley was, a name like Wesley in jail I don't know I, don't I was about know to say Wesley go. is Blade I don't know how that Wesley out. is Blade Wesley was probably fucking niggas up in jail I, I, I don't hope, know bro I, I hope so I, uh, I noticed some diesel nigga named Ramon was just like hey Wesley <laughs> just bear hugged the nigga and told nigga the other niggas go nigga. at it this nigga said diesel like, nigga like named Ramon <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I like chocolate, and you know, Listen, nah. Wesley, I, Wesley was good in jail, but uh, Wesley was good in jail, but <laughs> it's still wonky that they. And you know, it's all of our black celebrities who have like tax evasion. Like, it was, oh, money forget for about it. Them niggas got pinned to the wall. Yeah, but all these white billionaires who's paying less than five grand a year in taxes, chilling, niggas chilling. out here chilling, paying five dollars in taxes. <laughs> they said there was a couple of years where he didn't owe anything. So, <laughs> listen, yo, what's the tough knot? What's the tough knot, bro? We need his accountants, bro. <laughs> I'm all I was going to say. Tough knot is, uh, I just hope everybody realizes that uh, we have to, you know, really and truly, you know, with everything that was said on today's podcast episode, more of the story is, you know, we need to really... We we can't just talk about it no more. Like we really have to make sure both black men and black women do everything to protect the black woman, especially when the black woman is dead. Um, there's a lot of black women, like my son said, he was doing a lot of research. And, you know, I encourage you guys to do your research as well. He hasn't found any type of publication, any type of article, any type of documentation that he saw a black woman's death actually got justice after she was buried. You know, that is a huge crime in our injustice judicial system. We need to make sure that we are keeping our eyes and ears to the streets, that we are learning as much as possible, that we're just not protesting and doing them. We're organizing strategically and we're figuring out a way to allow our voices to be heard so much that we end up in those rooms, in those legislative rooms where we're making laws, where we're putting things in policy because it's only but so much we're going to take. You know what I mean? And for me personally, I feel like sometimes 
taking any type of money, you know, people may look at that and be like, the fight is over. No, the money, sometimes they try to use that as a ploy to shut you the fuck up forever. They don't want you to talk again. Here's this 3.27, some wild, it's always some wild number in the millions to make it seem like everything is good. And now everything is not good because a life was taken. Money not going to replace the life. It may make our quote unquote lifestyle better. We're going to pay back the bills that was paid for for the funeral that we couldn't afford uh, initially. Um, We're going to pay these lawyer fees. Um, We're going to pay these transportational fees, but our life not going to get better now that our, you know, family member is dead. But what needs to happen is we need to, again, like I said, make sure that we get into these rooms where we're creating laws, where we're actually putting things into policy and, you know, changing fucking street names, naming, you know, those black lives slain, putting them on buildings, uh, fucking putting murals on basketball court playgrounds. It's not enough. <laughs> it's, it's not enough. For me, it's not enough. I'm sorry. It's, it's not enough. We, we, we got to name in a school after them or an award or a scholarship. It's not enough. I'm sorry. It's not enough. What would dad say? Dad would say, what do you stand on? Um, I think sometimes we all need to kind of check ourselves and look at what it is that we do or don't stand for, what it is that we find to be important for ourselves and who we claim to be um and what does that mean doesn't necessarily always mean that you gotta do something in a certain type of way or have a certain form um of thought but i don't think many of us are really kind of putting a stance as to who we are i think some people um they don't know themselves so i think that they need to think about it and figure that out in terms of what do you stand for and what does that mean to you? What, is, what does it mean to stand on something? Um, we're, we're getting to a place in society where things are so confusing in terms of what's truth, what's false, what's a narrative, what, what's a, in, in, in the conversation we had earlier, what's a money grab. We're in this space where we just don't know anything. And there's so many opinions and voices being thrown out there um, that I think it's kind of becoming hard for people to find their landing strip. I think it's becoming hard for us to kind of realize what is right and what is wrong. What is this and what is that? Uh, We spoke a little bit about Takashi and he was kind of the symbol of, I think, where we are right now. Where before, in the 90s, everybody would have just clowned him. He would just be a clown. But in 2020, you got a whole fan base. He got a whole fan base, additional support from becoming uh, a rat and embracing it and having people justify it and come up with all these reasons why him being a rat is not a bad thing and people expecting too much from a rat and... All of these different things. I think we're just in a space now where there's so much going on that we don't we we don't even know. We don't know what's false, what's what's truth, what's something we can say, yeah, nah, fully support it versus 
what we can't support. It's just a messy place. So I think everybody needs to just get to a space where they are asking that question to themselves and then figuring it out. Another episode of Dad Has Bow Ties. Uh, I'm about to go do this sickle cell joint. And you will see us Thursday with K Goddess. We out.